This is a HeadGum Podcast. Craig, you know the internet. I'm familiar. Uh, and the internet wouldn't exist without websites. So it we're wouldn't. here to tell you how to make some more websites, support this internet thing, and keep it going. I think it's really going to turn year. into something big. Yeah, I think there's if only a lot of potential would contribute. Here. Yeah. Uh, if you want to make a website and contribute to the internet, you can do so using our friends at Squarespace. Squarespace mm. is a website that helps you make websites, a snake eating its own tail, if you will. <laughs> uh, Squarespace helps you build a website, claim a domain, sell stuff online, market your brand, and they let you see analytics so you can see who is, because you can stare back at the people who are staring at your website, basically. <laughs> <laughs> they give you award winning website design, world class engineering, beautiful templates. And nothing to patch or upgrade ever. If you do need help, 24-7 award-winning customer support is there to help you do your thing. So if this sounds good to you, head to squarespace.com slash overdue for a free trial. When you're ready to launch, use the offer code overdue to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash overdue. Get your free trial. Use the offer code overdue to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace. The internet, baby. Overdue. It's a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name is Andrew. And welcome to a heaving podcast. <laughs> welcome to our first guest episode in a while. Yeah. Now, yeah. our guests aren't here yet. You might notice this is not no. the episode yet. This is a little <laughs> thing that we're recording before the episode, which we recorded with uh, Melody and Aaron from the Heaving Bosoms podcast. Yes. Uh, it's a podcast about books, more, speci- more specifically romance books. Yeah. A genre that we have dabbled in, but uh, are otherwise woefully ignorant of. And we were in really good hands in this conversation. They were very patient with us, mm-hmm. but also, I think, brought out what we enjoy. Like, they encouraged us also yes, in right. a really yes. generous way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we read the book Moon Glow by Kristen Callahan. It's the second novel in her Darkest London series. We do a quick recap of the first novel, and we also mention the Heaving Bosoms episode on that novel. So if you're interested in the series after this episode, you can go back and listen to that one. Yeah, it's, it's called one. Firelight, I think, is the first yes. one. Yeah. Yes, yes, Um and if you have not listened to Heaving Bosoms before and you enjoy the episode, I hope that you will go check out heavingbosoms.com. Can't believe they got that URL. It's pretty, that's pretty that's impressive. In 2017, that that <laughs> URL was not registered, which is pretty great. Uh, you can find them on Facebook. Just search Heaving Bosoms Podcast or follow them on Twitter, heaving underscore bosoms on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and so this is this episode runs a little long. There is also swearing in it, so be aware we have marked yes. it as explicit. But this, you know, that's that's how it's different from a normal show. Yeah. Uh, but so you don't have to listen all the way to the end. We're going to do our typical end of show spiel now, including the books that we are going to read for the rest of August. So, Craig, take it away. 
Yeah, so again, this is a not safe for work episode. We do talk about explicit things explicitly. Just yep. saying that again. Anyway, including um, werewolves and people with supernatural powers uh, grinding it out against one another. Grinding out supernaturally, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is our August 2nd episode. Next week, we're going to talk about the, uh, Murder on the Orient Express by Agatha Christie, following up that with Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste Ng, then The Public Burning by Robert Cooper. And East of Eden by John Steinbeck will round out the month with a special bonus episode of the novelization of the movie Space Jam. (laughs) I Um, got this the other day, finally, and I was psyched to see how many full color photos from the movie that there are in there. It's real. I think the the title page calls it a storybook. Mm -hmm. It is it is a fun time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can't wait to share with you. And also, we just posted a few more episodes of Jagged Little Mill on the main feed. If you have not listened, go back and catch up on our Don Quixote stuff. Send mm-hmm. us emails at overduepod at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at Facebook at overduepod. Andrew, anything else people need to know if they're new uh, to the show? Website is overduepodcast.com. And our Patreon page is patreon.com slash overduepod. Get bonus episodes early and uh, help support the show. Uh, if you're new, welcome. We hope you enjoy the catalog. If you are a returning listener, we think you're going to enjoy this a lot because we yeah. did. And we stretch uh, out a little bit on this one. We did. <laughs> we, luxur- we luxuriate. I would say <laughs> for good All reason. Right, everybody, I'm gonna, I guess I'll tell you to try to be happy now. Yeah, just, to, just so you remember this week, and then it won't, it won't be hard with this episode. No, it won't. Uh, enjoy our episode with Melody and Aaron. Oh, hey, we're right here now. We're here. We're recording. <laughs> <laughs> good. Good Hi, start Craig so and far. Hi, Hi, Melody and Aaron. <laughs> we're here. We're doing Overdue Bosoms. It's happening. Overdue yes. Bosoms. <laughs> the best crossover name that I've ever heard of. About um, the bosoms yes. that you've been meaning to discuss. <laughs> That's right. All of them, frankly. Hey, Aaron, are these the first dudes we've had on the show? Uh, no, we have had Cole on the show several times, Melody. Oh, but yes, these are the first. <laughs> this is the first dude crossover we've ever done. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exciting. That's, yeah, this is certainly the first time we've had specific like romance novel reading guests on our show. We've had folks who have oh, read romance cool. novels, but um, it it has been a perennial like weak spot of ours. So this is a re- really exciting uh, Yay. opportunity. Yay. Yeah, right. Because awesome. mostly, like, we've read pretty bad stuff. <laughs> Sounds and like it. What have you read? We are, Play it on children. us. Uh, so, all three Fifty Shades books, of course. Of course. Okay. <laughs> A wonderful okay. start. Oh, okay. Point. All three of them. All yep. three wow. of them. Uh, and we, then, we had uh, to celebrate our 50 anniversary episodes somehow. See, so I don't know if, if y'all know, oh. but um, the number 50 is in our 50th episode, like the number, yep. and then it's also in the <laughs> book Fifty Shades of Grey. Wow. Yeah, so that was the what? that was kind of the thought process there. That seems that like a about. tenuous connection to me, but like I'm glad you went with it. <laughs> um, I think we enjoyed the Twilight books more. We got more out of them anyway. Like I think okay. there, there were more character discussions to be had. Mm-hmm. Uh, that yeah, we had fun like with romance light. I, I, yeah. I would 
categorize it as i don't know if that's right i don't know enough about the genre and then the only other like strictly genre-y romance-y thing that i think we did that i can remember is stealing christmas by alex riley which was also a non-stop thrill ride <laughs> let me guess did you man... do that around like december-ish it, so it was is december that... 19th what and happened? so okay. the the holiday of america of American uh, Christmas. Christian Christian Christmas <laughs> yeah. is on December twenty fifth, and so we read the book near that day. Thank you. That time, you you might Brilliant. be noticing a theme of obvious reasons to do things on our show. Listen, we do the same thing, so I mm. I can't throw stones. So is this going to be released like on a full moon or something? Is there like yeah. is there anything we can tie this to? Uh, I'm just gonna look it up right now. August. Let's see. Just, just see. I bet. Now the full moon is on August twenty second, so it'll be it. not not the full moon. But. Well, I was so excited when y'all wanted to do this crossover because I, I don't know, it's it's the first time we've been approached by a dude book podcast, which is mm-hmm. very exciting. And then, um, <laughs> and a non-romance podcast, right? We I haven't think, done anything uh, yeah. with any non, non like strictly romance only podcasts. I don't think either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not crossovers, at least. Mm-hmm. So, um. So yeah, and when when we were trying to choose a book to like, you know, gift to you, <laughs> make sure that we were shepherding you into romance. <laughs> that's really in part a very of what nice I wanted. way. So yeah, I'm glad I'm glad yeah. that was part of the thought process on your end too. <laughs> Absolutely. And I feel like I feel like Kristen Callahan, her whole Darkest London series. Um, actually, historical paranormal is a genre I didn't know I liked until we started this podcast. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, my God, they're perfect <laughs> for each other because, <laughs> you know, it's great. Um, but then also, Kristen Callahan really gives like a meaty, meaty plot. Mm-hmm. You know, She's like they're very there's interested always, in plot. Yeah. There's always so many things going on. And so I figure that even if somebody doesn't like romance, there's still going to be the suspense. There's still going to be mystery all those sorts of things. But then you also get the banging. You get, you get the banging. <laughs> I loved many of the like the the tropey things that happen in this book. Like I like oh, how yes. everybody everybody says this night instead of tonight. And I'm like, yes, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know you're in olden times. Uh-huh. Uh, it's true. And then, and it's I true. also enjoy, like, I enjoyed both the world building, but then also the incredibly specific details that are in there, only to set up like the the central mystery and then like the epilogue, yeah. so they can both work. It was I, I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> yep, absolutely. And I just need you to know that where we need to set you up fully. And so, mm-hmm. Aaron, I would like for you to explain to them. What time period? We're oh in. no! Don't do this to me. Okay, <laughs> I just met them. I'm listen. I want them to think I'm smart and cool. Um, you are. Here's this the thing. is hilarious. I don't understand time periods very well. Um, okay. So when something is a historical romance novel, I just call it "quote unquote" England times, unless okay. it happens yeah. in Scotland, and then it's Highlander times. And mm-hmm. then if there's an air of mystery around it, I call it Sherlock Holmes times. And this is irrespective of the year. Um, so this in is Bosom's category, Holmes times. This is squarely in steampunk Sherlock's Holmes times, and I don't That's care right. who the queen there's is. A fog. <laughs> yes. 
Tiny hat. That's wonderful, though. That's Callahan is though. doing you a favor. It she does tell us who the queen is. Yes, yeah. yes, a bunch yeah, of which is and, useful. Well, and if you Victoria, can add, I think you know what year it is because you know, like when he was born and how old he is. But I did not do that math. No, why would you do that math? There's too no. much banging going it's, on. It's exactly. like it's it's no. eighteen hundred and the the. the. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And that's as specific as I think you need to know. But Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes, Holmes times is excellent shorthand, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so absolutely. y'all read, Everybody knows. Y'all read the first <laughs> of ahead. these, right? Yes. Yes. Firelight. Uh, yeah, we did an episode on Firelight. Okay. Um, so like you we we do not often dip into the second in a series. Though sometimes right. like I don't know, when it's something like you know, Discworld and Terry Pratchett. We're just like, I don't know. We're just going to dive in there and get our feet wet. Um, <laughs> sure. But with this one, we were specifically looking for like a sexy supernatural book, I think, when y'all suggested mm-hmm. that possibility. And so yeah. what really worked for y'all in Firelight? What should we know about that book coming into this discussion? I know Andrew and I want to talk about Callahan a little bit, but I think it's useful to like set up the series that we're in based on the first book. Sure. Sure. Okay. So what I think, well, so first of all, if you want to stop here, listener, and go back and listen Mm -hmm. to our episode on Firelight, you should. It's good Mm -hmm. stuff. It is. Craig and Andrew approve. Yeah, Um, we we approve it. I approve this message. But what I like about, what I like about this series in general is that it really does, it just like completely, completely dives into what both historical and paranormal what both those subgenres can do for you and it marries them in a way that i think works really really well so um in firelight the heroine we find out in this book that all three sisters are elementals they're called um and the heroine in firelight can make fire out of anything she can set anything ablaze And it has been a big issue in her life. And like she ruined her father and it's a whole big thing. And she is forced to marry. It's sort of a marriage of convenience kind of forced marriage um, trope. She's forced to marry this like dark and stormy duke who like everybody's super afraid of. And he wears a mask. Wears a mask. (laughs) Always the whole book is always wearing a mask, which was very jarring for some of us. (laughs) Continue. There's a beat in this book in Moonglow where someone's like, whoa, yeah. he's not wearing a mask. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we find out, um, you know, they they then like start to get to know each other. There's this there's this scene in which she eats a pear or something uh-huh. at one pear. of their first dinners together. The sexiest like, fruit. Really, yeah. really good stuff. It actually mm-hmm. um, it actually started this whole challenge in our Facebook groups about like all of the HBs like trying to sexily eat fruit at each other it doesn't uh, work in real life it it doesn't work that Mm -mm. was the gag (laughs) so um yeah and then you know there's a happily ever after we find out that they're meant to be together because her power is the only thing that can save him from his you know malady and it's great and oh the other reason i love kristen callahan and the reason that i usually try to push her stuff onto other people is that she can she can write an action scene like not a lot of other people. All mm-hmm. of her books are very action packed and they're very cinematic. cinematic. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's what's going on. And in the Firelight book, this super big dick nose asshole 
Ian, um, the, a werewolf of um, Marquis of Northrop or something. He is trying to steal Miranda out from underneath Archer because he and Archer go way back. They have a big feud. It's very sexy, very like, are you going to kiss? Are you going to fight? Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, and so that's how we set up here. Miranda is like, stay away from me and everybody. <laughs> I have a question. Aaron. Aaron has a question. Yeah. I did not re-listen to our episode on Firelight before reading this book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We yeah. were kind of into Ian, right? Even though I he was Aaron, the villain. I think, Aaron, you specifically were oh, into yeah. Ian. Okay. We because were I was reading this Ian. book and I was like, I was into this already. I'm pretty sure I already was into this. And then I was like, maybe I'm just rewriting history to like make myself feel better. Because he was the villain in the first one. But I remember being... Um, I remember succumbing to his wolfy charms. He wasn't, in book the, one. He wasn't the big bad though. Like there was True. a different no, he was just character a that got right. defeated. He was True. just he was just an antagonist. He was yeah. not the big bad. Yeah. So f- totally fine to be into into his shit. And we're gonna get into his shit today. Yeah, we're not right. apologizing. <laughs> That's true. Um, and we want to talk about Kristen Callahan a little bit, what we found. Sure. Let's like talk about Kristen some, Callahan. We she like has... to do some author research when we can. Um, when we're doing mm-hmm. someone like Mark Twain or whoever, like usually there's a big old rabbit hole to dive down. Mm-hmm. Um, more contemporary authors, it's it's interesting to just look at like what they're up to. Right. Yeah, right. Because there's the thing about contemporary authors is there's never like scholarship on them. So you just have whatever information they uploaded to their HarperCollins website in like 2012 about like where they live and how many dogs they have. And like that's the entire thing. Which paranormal fiction fandom wikis have like scraped that information for their own purposes mm-hmm. Completely. I, I certainly mm-hmm. found a list of the books in this series on urbanfantasy.fandom.com you know wow. that there you kind go. Of thing. excellent yeah uh, but yeah, well, I think it's important to note that wasn't this her first Firelight was her first book that was her yeah. debut so this is her second both in 2012 I think which they is were released. yeah which is a big that's I'm just I'm always impressed by people who can write that much in that short of a time because I can't. That's a it. hallmark of the <laughs> yeah. romance genre because mm-hmm. you know women are paid less. So you got to pump out more. Yeah. <laughs> they write. They write quick. The wage gap. Hello, everyone. Feminism. <laughs> well, I think what also happens that that we've seen with with other like multi book series is, is you like have an idea and you think maybe it's a book, but then you have like as you're finalizing that and you're working through it with an editor and a publisher and whatever, like you find characters who are more interesting, who you want to talk about more, or like you end up with more book than will fit in a single book. And so Mm -hmm. that's how you get going on like a big multi-book series. And I'd like having not read Firelight, I don't know, but I know that like characters from this are running around in the background of Firelight, like characters from Firelight are running around in the background of this. Like it feels like it was probably planned to be this way from the start. Yeah, so there are, they are. Yeah, yeah, that's that's also a hallmark of the genre is that mm-hmm. you're always setting up book two, book three, book four as yeah. the series go, because we know we know what, you know, romance readers are voracious. And so we always yes. come back. And you also don't know what's going to be a hit or not. So you want to be able you, know, you don't want to be caught unawares. You want to have other stuff in the in the hopper to there capitalize are on that. Yeah. Nine titles in the series seven Mm -hmm. full books two 
0.5s, Andrew, I think. Like novellas yeah. written mm-hmm. later that slot in. Yeah, like, like prequels in between the and full books. Yeah. In between these. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's also and, very common. In between these. Yeah. And it was it was funny. I found a like a Goodreads QA with her, and everybody, like a bunch of people are like, Will there be a book about this minor character from Moonglow who I don't yeah. think is in any of the other books yet? And she's like, good to know you like him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, well, it's funny because Callahan is um she also writes like because some authors have a subgenre that they really, really stick to. And she's way more versatile. So she writes uh, historical paranormal. She writes contemporary sports romance. She writes contemporary rock star romance, right? Yeah. And there's like a CEO. There's like some BDSM yeah. fun stuff that she's written. So she is one of those writers who like sort of, um, you know, they go off in all kinds of directions. And a lot of times they need a palate cleanser. And so mm-hmm. they're like, okay, I need to get out of this world for a minute. I'm burnt out on this world. I'm going to write book seven for Darkest London. And then they'll come back. Yeah. Yeah, because I was on her website. There are a ton, ton, ton of books, all with very sexy men on them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure optional on the, is yeah. the dress code for the Most covers of these always books. Always optional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially when you're Abs a rock star. Or a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the uh, the Darkest London stuff was was buried a little bit more than I thought because like the last one came out in 2016, uh, Forevermore, and she's been super prolific since then. And so yeah, yeah, it's just like not even often I'd find that you know people have written one like one trio of books or like one series, and then they like they just inevitably become the most known for that, and they. You know, they come back to it over and over again. You go on the website and you know exactly what they are most like their most popular series is. But there's not the not the case for Kristen Callahan, at least not. And, yeah. Yeah. I'm not even sure what her most popular series is, because I think she has different people that gravitate toward the different right. subgenres. And of course, yeah, people definitely. who love everything she writes, she's fantastic. But I don't know that she has one like standout series that she's necessarily known for. Mm-hmm. No, because they're the all board. they're all really because they're all great. Like she's so versatile, it's crazy. <laughs> she's incredibly the, talented. She has won some awards for this series, right? Like Firelight yep. got Book of the Year from Library Journal and Publishers Weekly was a Best Book of 2012. Um, the ALA gave it a, a Romance Book Award in 2012. And she's and then, got multiple Rita Awards, including for one yep. of the Darkest London books, Evernight, yep. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and none other than Diana Gabaldon of Outlander had a quote on the cover of this book. Yeah. So, you know, and the the what? Ian Scottish. So, you know, Outlander vibes. I would yeah, love right. to watch a Darkest London TV show with like 32 year olds playing 58 year olds. Yeah. <laughs> I just give me the Outlander esque like Showtime yeah. series about Darkest London. <laughs> I would the Outlander. heck out of that. <laughs> I think this would be a really, really, really good, good yeah. series for the screen. I don't know how it hasn't been optioned yet. Anything else we want to talk about before we get into this book? Not really. She's just prolific and, and she comes highly recommended. And this book has werewolves in it. So yeah, has that's all you need to know. It, I mean, that, that's, it one, that's one of the things it has in it. Okay, folks, you thought we were gone, but we do have one more message for you. Andrew, if you're like me. I'm like you, kind of. 
you're listening to this big old podcast, this sprawling, mm-hmm. amazing collaboration, and it has you thinking, I want to make my own podcast. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean another episode of Overdue, which we'll, we'll make contractually <laughs> anyway. If you, well, and if you try to make an episode of Overdue at home, we will come for you. <laughs> no, yeah, don't do that. We mean a bespoke gift for yourself, for your friends, your family. Uh, and that's where the folks at Artifact come in. Artifact is an audio company that captures your personal stories as one-of-a-kind podcasts that you can share with your loved ones and keep for future generations to hear. Ask your parents how they met. Demand your grandma tell her her story of the 1960 Olympics. Let a friend <laughs> set the record straight about your coolest college adventure. Whatever you want, Artifact makes it easy. And they connect the people in your life with professional interviewers uh, who then edit those conversations into private radio-quality episodes that sound like the real thing. We are making an artifact um, featuring some of our beloved friends' children, and I hope that it is a fun conversation uh, about sisterhood that makes our friend group laugh and their family smile. Um, (laughs) I went through the online booking process just the other day, and it's really easy. They have sample ideas if you need one, like if you get this as a gift or if you get artifact as a gift for someone else they have ideas for you Uh, they will let you pick the key qualities of the interview so i picked funny chatty and raw and i I don't know what that means but it's gonna get raw with with the seven and four year old (laughs) unfiltered seemed like the right vibe for that conversation Mm -hmm. and you can even put in a few notes to like tell the interviewer what you hope they cover um and then it sends an invite to the guests and you're off to the races and it doesn't take very much time at all so it couldn't be easier to get started with artifact go to heyartifact.com choose the type of interview uh, then you book the interview, lickety split, and then the interview lasts about half an hour, and guests can do it over the phone, and it becomes a twenty-minute podcast for you or whoever you want to listen to it. Artifact is your shortcut to creating something that you'll keep coming back to year after year. And if you use the code Overdue, you'll save forty dollars on your first purchase. Get started at HeyArtifact.com and use the code Overdue. What was it like for Aaron and Melody like to get back into this world? Had you read had either of you read this before? Are you coming to this with like what expectations are you bringing in to revisiting Darkest London? I will say that I had heard that Moonglow was the best one in the series from mm. a couple of people. And I liked Firelight so much that I had purchased Moonglow a long time ago and then kind of never Same. gotten to it. So I was really excited to read it because I had heard from several people, that's the best one. I've also heard from several people that the third one, Frosty Schmurf, is the best Winter one. Winter <laughs> go <laughs> so you know people have different opinions but Frosty i fire. i heard it was the best one so oh. i was super excited to get into it and i also had a faint memory of a bad Being boy super werewolf. Into yeah, Ian. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. bad boy werewolf yeah i mean for me it was just seamless um because i feel like her her world building is so distinct that i actually didn't need to reread firelight or re-listen to firelight and it it immediately sparked memories of what happened in the book and that doesn't happen a lot i have what we call a swiss cheese memory Mm -hmm. and so it's it's actually kind of amazing that i didn't have to do any revisiting because everything is just so it's so vibrant and it's it's like just a touch off of what you expect the trope is going to be a lot of times sure sure so it's much more distinct well, and this book did a good did a good enough job, and it didn't it didn't. I mean, this this is always ends up being a little contrived feeling, but it did a good enough job of 
dropping like this is what you need to remember about this character or like this event from the first yeah. book and some some character is going to sum it up in one like expository paragraph yep. for Thoughts. you the reader and then we will move on yes yeah. right something something y'all mentioned in the firelight episode a lot was that a lot of what she does in her world building though is through dialogue or at least like character voiced thought like she's rarely mm-hmm. doing any sort of narrator voice lore dump Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. there's stuff from the first book where, yes, Andrew, like, I think it's like two thirds of the way through Archer and Ian have a scene together. And it's like, yeah, here's here's one paragraph that describes why we hated each other in book one. Yeah, and gonna, let, me right. set, let me briefly set up our beef so we can remember that soul sucking angel. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty effective. Yeah, one of my favorite things about her writing is that, you know, she does a lot of show, not tell. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, it always makes everything, um, I don't, yeah, more vibrant. I don't know. It makes it, it makes it stick more with me. Especially in a book with this much world building and this many yeah. details. It could, yeah. she could really get weighed down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's, should we get into it? What's going on in the prologue? There's a prologue and a man has a problem. Oh, Ian's fucking <laughs> Ian is Ian's with a sex worker. They're both getting He's busy. With, this one comes yeah. out swinging. Yeah. Oh, I'm all about it. So Ian, yeah. a lot, the a lot of stuff swinging in this in this Northrop. prologue, if you know what I mean. That's that's right, Andrew. So the Marcus of Northrop, Ian, is with yet another red-haired sex worker. And he's like really trying to get it done, but man, his heart's just not into it. And then his dick isn't into it. And oh, it's a big embarrass. He is, oh, he's worried about it. This has apparently been happening. The sex worker's very nice again. about it, though. She's she's very kind about it. Yeah, like yeah but fine. clearly she tells everybody because it yeah. like hits the rumor mill all through London like immediately. So she's like nice <laughs> to his face. But, you know, she goes back to her friends and she's like, you guys know that guy like yeah, Northrop? He couldn't of, get it yeah. up. And that's yeah. not very nice. That's Don't kiss and tell. Nice, lady. Sex workers. Especially yeah. after he gives you that that <laughs> please keep this secret tip. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that uh-huh. was that's a an giant invitation to her. not keep it a secret, though. <laughs> True. Fair enough. How else are we going to check the powerful if we don't talk to everyone <laughs> about their sexual exploits? I hear you. And their I hear you. Let's therein. take the gentry down at the knees. Yep. <laughs> Why stop at the knees? Yeah. <laughs> Idiot. And then um, our Daisy. pal, Daisy, thank you, Aaron. She Daisy is newly widowed. She Well, n- and not newly enough. Like, she's just out of her mourning period from um, a really, really abusive marriage. She'd been with him for six years, right? Something mm-hmm. like that. But it's been 366 days, 10 hours, and 15 minutes <laughs> yeah! since he died. <laughs> I'm so mad that you're doing this in front of our new, fr- our new podcast what? friends. <laughs> that was a solid rent joke, and I am into it. <laughs> well you can share my embarrassment that she made me tell you about england times and how dumb i am I, about I, history I, so. I love i love england erin so. it's charming i don't know what it's is great. wrong with it's you. true i found the rent joke charming we're all even there yeah, you okay. go 
Okay, so now Daisy Meg is ready to hit the town because she was in an abusive relationship. She and we find out in that older relationship, she was really ashamed for having any interest whatsoever in sex or her body or pleasure or mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, I am done with this. I'm going to a party and I might have sex with someone in an alley. Okay? I'm going to have a tub. That's right. I'm right. going to have a tub in an alley. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that's where we are in the prologue, right? Yep. Yes. And then yeah. the inciting incident, a yes. werewolf attacks. A werewolf attack. Yes. Yeah, people people get attacked so, by something. We don't we don't know what it is, but the guy who we know is a werewolf smells like a wolfy smell. So we kind of like you kind of, you get an idea, a pretty good idea of what's going on pretty early. The and, book and is called Moon Glow, yes. so that it also is, is a pretty Moon big Glow, tip. Yes. Uh, but yeah, there there are a lot of people who are killed. Daisy is is hurt, but she is not like eviscerated like everybody else on the scene but is. The and only our... reason that she's not eviscerated is that she's covered in a thick layer of branches and vines that are growing out of a London alleyway. Which I have an uh-huh. issue with everyone Weird. who didn't immediately ask questions. He just like <laughs> shredded those vines and then he was like, gotta take this busty lady home. No questions, Ian? None? How? how? We're, like, we're like four-fifths through the book before he finally thinks to ask about why she's a fucking earthbender. Like, I don't understand. Like, I don't. We're pretty far into the book before she asks about why she's a fucking earthbender. Like, can you yourself, Daisy, be like, what is, what the, why am I trapped in a tree? Yeah, People very should be strange. more interested in this. Like, there, there are things that are happening, happen in front of Ian's eyes, like, twice, and he's like, mm, I must be imagining it. Weird. Yeah, that Weird. when he finds it out later in the book, he's like, whoa, I really did see a root spear a dude through the chest. What the fuck? <laughs> to be fair to him, though, in both instances, he was like he was in a, yeah. in a panic state, you know, he was so in a state. I could yes. I could understand yeah, yeah. him not trusting his own mind. That's right. That's right. He's got a lot going on to our Ian. So he finds her. Um she everybody everybody else is completely dead and she wakes up at his house <laughs> with his housekeeper like bandaging her and stuff like in her bath maybe and then he gives her a gown she did get bit that... she get bit she got bit which is important thank you yeah yeah, yeah we Chekhov's, find out right Chekhov's now in the bath bite mark on her neck yeah yeah mm-hmm. And she's really worried yes. because when she finds out later that it was probably a werewolf she's like oh no I'm a werewolf now. And <laughs> thankfully, that's I love how she just how casually works. works that into conversation is like, yeah, how, how, how become werewolf? Like, just in work. case anyone wanted to know, like, just kind <laughs> of like, mm, I don't know. I don't know if I got bit by a werewolf, like very casual. <laughs> if one were to become bitten by a werewolf right. in some way, right. hypothetically. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So she did- comes. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I liked that. So she comes out of her bath, Tuddy's bath, in Lord Northrop's house or whatever. Okay, it's and Tuttle at this point, and Northrop, Craig. Oh, Tuttle, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagined Tuttle, I like Tuttle in my head though. is played by the uh, Mrs. Potts, but like the human version from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> yes. Yes. Played yeah. by the cartoon Mrs. Yeah. Potts. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. people, it's the, the cast of characters lives in my head and I, you know, I hire the actors that I want to hire, Craig. Fair I enough, hear you. Fair enough. There's no, there's no, there's no guild in my head. I can just do what I want. <laughs> Those cartoon actors are not union. You don't have to pay them as much. Um, so she comes out and she's like, oh, I'm in this rich old dude's house. That's kind of weird, but that was nice of him, I guess, for saving mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And then she runs into Ian and is like, well, he's kind of a snack. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they have like a few pages of talking to each other where both of them say out loud, like, if I had met you before, I would have remembered. Yeah. Is like right. the yeah. vibe that it boils down to. Mm-hmm. Because th- hot. Because, because I would hot. remember, I would remember wanting to bang somebody this much. Right. Yes. Yeah. And I, I liked this first bit of characterization, which I think informs most of the banter of the book, where she's looking at him and thinking, like, "Wow, he's kind of hot." I would remember him. And she says, "You are too pretty to be a noble." A bark of laughter shot out, and Daisy felt a quirk of irritation. Damn her loose tongue! And like all of a sudden, we already know this lady says what she wants, whatever, or even stuff she doesn't want to say. <laughs> Yes. Yep. But of course, they do sort of know each other, or they should, right? Right. Yeah. Well, they know of each other because Miranda, her sister, told her about this guy who, like, kind of kidnapped her and, like, tried to make her get with him instead of her husband. So she knows him to be a villain. He did a bit of a throw you up against an, a wall in an alley. Like, listen. He did what we call on the show a light kidnap. That's right. Like a, a small, like a, cute, like a smidgen of like a little bit of a Just non-consensual the most nuzzle. polite kidnap. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So they know of each other, but obviously she doesn't know that this is who this guy is. Basically, by the end of this conversation, she figures it out, right? Yes. Oh, well, yeah. Well, because she has to clear up all of the nobility names. Because, like, in the previous book, he was going by the last name McKinnon. Mm-hmm. And they talk about that briefly. And, like, his dead dad and he were, like, juggling different lordships for. Yes. We find out about that what a little a bit later. They but. have so many lordships and titles. <laughs> like, it's just exhausting <laughs> how much money and power these guys have. <laughs> There's yeah. a point in the middle of the book where he just like casually name drops Queen Victoria. Like he, he just knows her. It's no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and not the only nobility. that, but he's her favorite of yes. all of the. Yeah. She wanted werewolves. him to be Wolf King, but <laughs> yeah. he's not. It's true. That's um, the thing. They have like human titles and also wolf titles. And like yeah, pretty there's much. Like this whole like Harry Potter-esque like split government situation where there, you do have the normal like English government, but then also you have the shadow werewolf government. Yes. Well, also, as someone who is a quarter Scottish uh, mm-hmm. on my mom's oh, side, wow. I will say wow, okay. I love that it is a Scottish <laughs> werewolf shadow government. It is not just a werewolf shadow government. Craig, Scotland is free if you're a werewolf. Yes. If you're a lichen, <laughs> Scottish independence. <laughs> the Queen can't face Vote for independence. <laughs> You think like, Lycans went to see Braveheart and they're like, what are they talking about? Yeah, what right? is this? Yeah. We are free. What's, every, what's we, everybody so worked up We know up anything about, about this. Nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> Guy died for nothing. <laughs> every Scottish MP who's for independence is a Lycan. Whoa. Oh. Whoa. I'm, I'm liking this theory, Craig. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. 
Um, <laughs> but the Scotlandness of it all does matter because these dudes are immortal, except yeah. for when sometimes they're not because sometimes they do die like his dad did die and so did his grandpa. But like they juggle <laughs> these titles and they're like, since they're immortal, they're like, I'll be your grandpa, you'll be my grandson. Yeah. And they keep just kind of going back to Scotland and then coming back and being like, oh, it's me, me's grandson instead of me. (laughs) And so no one knows, no one's the wiser. (laughs) Okay, so the thing that happens, the thing that's important about this scene is that Miranda shows up because Daisy has sent a message to her being like, was attacked. And so Miranda (laughs) comes and she's like, you know, "Mm, my sister, get away, you bad man. And Daisy asks her basically to, like, leave so that she can have a small chat Mm -hmm. with Sir Ian. Bold Mm -hmm. scene. I like it. I liked it a lot. So he sits down and he's very like, oh, I love it when a young lass, you know, needs extra private time with me. And she's like, hey, (laughs) stay away from my sister, asshole. Mm -hmm. She loves her husband. Leave Leave her alone. And he's very like, how dare you say true things to me? <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. And he he does like, he tries to intimidate her a little bit, but very sexily, you know, mm-hmm. and very politely. Yeah. He like goes and stands by the door and it's it's a brood and it's nice. And then she fucks off. She goes home. Overall, these two scenes for me really worked in the sense that, like, it's clear they have chemistry. They banter a lot. They make each other very hot and bothered. Mm -hmm. But she very easily and quickly, or not easily, efficiently leverages the entire first book to, like, negate any successful meet-cute. She's just like, yes, (laughs) they would fuck if they could. But actually, they can't because there are reasons why they, they can't. don't get along very quickly. Yes. Welcome to romance. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> well, then the other the other romancy thing that I that I clocked is is uh, Daisy's figure, which mm. she has. Oh, boy, is it an hourglass. She has, she has <laughs> big boobies, mm-hmm. big yeah. booty, mm-hmm. but she's not like she's not a fatty, you know, but just like, like the easy, cheesiest little waist on her. No, we but call no, we call. The, this yeah. sculpted by the patriarchy. Sculpted. Yes. That's, that's exactly what <laughs> it is. Show. Like when I'm when I'm saying <laughs> no fat chicks, it is coming from a place of being like, well, okay, society and what society finds attractive is the reason why this woman's body is the way that it is. And I that's guess that's true. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. She does have like a perfect banging bod, which perfect often happens bod. in these like, books. More like Donkist London, am I right? She has like. <laughs> She does does talk about her butt like a lot. (laughs) At one point, he like rips her her like top off and he Mm -hmm. and he can tell that she's been contained by the corset in a way that her body doesn't deserve. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you should you shouldn't have to wear this stuff. And she's like, uh-huh. yeah, I know. I kind of agree, but it's a little awkward. <laughs> and I, I feel like the listener needs to know that he does rip off her bodice while in a carriage. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. Oh, the, that we're is gonna talk also about the a very romance thing. <laughs> we're going to talk we'll, about We'll get there. We'll get there. But we, the, need, we then, need to cook if we're going to yeah, get there. We do the need natural, that. natural like, bumping and, and jostling that happens. Yes. Yeah. So um, throughout this, like, here, here's the thing. Ian finds out that. The perfume that Daisy wore is the same perfume that the other lady who was super murdered in that alley was wearing. And it's also the same perfume from a victim before. 
before that nobody really knew about. Mm-hmm. No one cares about her. She wasn't as high. Well, he did. That's I mean, yeah, that's true. He it's literally true. sniffed the corpses in the morgue <laughs> yes, to find yes. this information like, out. Days old scor- corpses. Like, yeah. you guys, corpses get really stinky after a couple of days. They and do. he still found that perfume in there. His I nose is good. I appreciated the like the description of how that works. Like you have to break through the obvious smells to get to the more subtle like yeah, glue yeah, yeah. smells. Yes. Yeah. Well, and he had to sniff the the first victim's clothes yes. because like that body was done. Because <laughs> the body was done, body. but the clothes had it. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's right. They'd been squirreled away somewhere. Very, you know, aromatically yes. contained. And yes. so Daisy has this like it turns out that she had a side gig. And I also I also really like this character note. Like when she was in her shitty marriage to this the to Craig Moore's is Sorry everyone. Wow. It's well, it's just like it's like you but more. Yeah. And that's what makes it bad. Like you're the perfect amount of Craig. I'm right at the top of the <laughs> Craig you're allowed to have. Craig more Moore? Craig than more Craig than that, and it gets to be too much. You're gonna be in a six year uh, terrible relationship. So, <laughs> so she had uh so she would have financial independence and like an out if this if her obviously terrible marriage didn't work out. She had like a side gig designing and selling perfumes. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that the the perfume that is like the the common link with all these women who are getting murdered is one that her business partner like sold on the sly to somebody else. So there's this yes. whole sequence where Daisy and then uh, and then Ian also go hunting this guy down with the help of somebody who I think is from the first book. Billy um, Finger. Billy, Billy Fingers. Fingers. <laughs> Mr. Billy Finger. Wait, wait, I do need real quick before we get to this, because obviously it's very sure, important. Sure, sure, yes. But before we get to this, we need everyone to know that after he finds out about this perfume yeah. situation, mm-hmm. that forces him to make sure she stays at his house yes. because mm-hmm. he is the only person who can possibly protect her. That's true. So yeah. we've got we've got these sort of quasi enemies, right? Like they're at odds, and then we've got the forced proximity trope, yep. mm-hmm. which we love. Well, love yeah. a forced proximity, and, and comes- I do like I like. That's the other thing about her being an earthbender. And this is the only thing that bothered me at all is like a big part of the middle, like chunk of the book hinges on this thing where he he feels this need to keep her safe and she feels this need to be kept safe. And I understand why in the like the construct of a romance novel that that is a thing that you like could like need to or want to have. Like it's it's a it's like a reassuring thing. And it, you know, I, I, I don't know, but it do, like that does continue after she kills a bunch of people with her earthbending powers yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like to the point where it's clear that she is able to keep herself safe like as well or maybe a little bit better than he can <laughs> right. and like even after she is he hasn't discovered it yet because he like he doesn't realize till like the exact end of the book that she can do this stuff but like she knows it about herself already and she still like plays along with this like being kept safe thing. I don't know. It just it it felt a little contrived in like a bad way where the rest of the book feels a little contrived in a good way. So that's my one <laughs> note, I guess. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. The Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, I get that. 
I I guess I didn't I didn't notice it as much because it's such a thing for werewolves in sure. romance novels, which mm-hmm. I've read enough <laughs> that I can make a pretty good. It's a wild plot thing to this. be able to say. But and I'm glad werewolves that you can. in the wild, mm-hmm. you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, like You're we're experts. There. Yes, we know a lot about this, guys. Yeah, um, but it, it's just it's such a werewolf thing to be like mate, keep safe. So like I right. guess I didn't even notice it, but you're absolutely right. And the other, like, the, the, completely see it now that you've illustrated it. Successfully or not, I think the other thing that tries to push back against that, and I I think it comes off as like an Ian character note also, is the like werewolves handle werewolf business. Like yeah. there is oh, yeah. the you know we Because they have their own government, right? <laughs> Their own Which means I'm sure they have their own like courts and like a trial whole, by whole, combat a whole thing yeah. just for werewolves. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and so like so the the reason that I didn't mind the way that that worked out is because I thought it was part of her character arc. Sure, mm. like she starts from the beginning being very beaten down by her abusive husband, not knowing who she is. She says that several times finding out this thing about herself, not knowing how to control it, what it does, what it means, and then goes along with him to be like, okay, yes, I, you know, you're, you're giving me some sort of structure that I understand because patriarchy. Mm -hmm. So sure, you go off and be the big bad man. I will stay home and actually save the day Mm -hmm. because she does actually save the day because she is at home. And then at the very, very end, he's like, we're going to solve this big giant problem. I'm going to I'm going to cure this disease, this incurable disease in Sherlock Holmes times. And she's like, "Hold please. I'm going to go fix it myself." Yeah. And mm-hmm. so at the end, she comes fully into herself and takes full agency of her future. So it's a purposeful so think, Yeah, no, I I Yeah, I, I think yeah. it's a purposeful that. move that yeah, I, she goes that along sense. with the gender norms. Until she figures out who she is. Because you would mm-hmm. still, like, even if you realized you were an airbender, it probably would take a little while. An airbender, earthbender. Yeah. I'm so, sorry so to confuse right, my bender. Andrew. Um, there's not an airbending sister. They have a waterbender, a firebender, and an earthbender, if but no only. airbender. Yeah. I'm sure, you know what? There might be an airbending cousin. Yeah, there's it's a true. lot you know. of books. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if there isn't a fourth sister out there somewhere. But yeah, you would, you would probably still need some time to, like, have that change your, like, learned behavior. Most definitely. Yeah. yeah. Most definitely. So I, yeah, I totally get that. But it was, it was just like in the moments where she does use it, it comes so like naturally and easy, easily to her. Sure. Like it's not, a, it's not a, like a magic system that she needs to well, learn how like to use. Well, it's like a subconscious so. thing yeah. that she doesn't sure. know how right. to do consciously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah that makes to- sense. I totally see both sides of that. They go, yeah, the so only, they're the only go... thing that occurred to me that I... That I didn't completely 100% love about this show. No, it definitely <laughs> chafes. It chafes in the moment. Yeah. Um, but I also think it's supposed to. Sure. sure. Um, so before they go hang out with Billy Fingers, the main thing that comes out of that, uh, <laughs> they hang out at a bar where you're yeah, right. Yeah, they do. Mel, Mel, he's like, you have to live in my house now. And she's like, well, that yeah, yeah, sucks. Yeah. And he's like, but it's because I'm a werewolf. Watch me crush this beer can. And he does. We're gonna yeah, he does crush a beer yeah. can to show his, his big bad werewolf strength. And we're gonna. And she's like, also, I have a super nose, and that, and like, I. That's how I knew you followed me here from that funeral I attended of those people who got killed by a werewolf. And he's I think, so turned on by that super nose too. He oh loves God. that she can sniff it. out stinks. That they, so can both, good. they can both smell the same stinks. Yeah, yes. they can. They can really connect on that level, you know. <laughs> yes. But also, has anybody thought about putting champagne in their boot black? Yeah. Never would have mm. thought about it. Never thought mm. about it. Huh. 
Can you imagine? Wait, this is where we get the difference, though, between lichens and werewolves. Yeah, do you want to take that, Aaron? Go for it. What? How does it work? Yeah, I didn't. What I didn't mean to do was this. So, if um, if you are a lichen, yeah, I know. I you need to let Aaron do this. Let Aaron do this. Um, so, uh, when you are a lichen, um, you can change into a werewolf at will. You're more powerful when there's a moon around, but you don't do it all the way. Cause if you do it all the way, then you can't change back. Cause once you totally the let your wolf never comes back, out, yes, yeah. then the wolf's going to st- stuff you in the sunken place and you never come back. So you, you <laughs> never go all the way. And if you do go all the way, then you become werewolf. You come away. Yeah. 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 So, and then also, um, then you're a more, both of them are immortal. I After think. they turn 30. But, only the, once the, they so turn then, thirty, yeah, and then yeah, if yeah, you yeah, do yeah. have, if you thing. do have a disease before you turn thirty, you will have that disease forever, but it will not kill you. And Did it's I do gonna, it? It's going to go slower. Yeah, yeah. 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 Only, it is also only, that's it. The only thing it. that you missed is that lichens can apparently regenerate like starfish when they have their limbs. Oh, cut. Yes, <laughs> like geckos and starfish. Yes, <laughs> everything. But if if you cut off the head, they're dead. Yeah, yes. like right. Highlanders. Head is bad. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like Highlanders. They're like mm-hmm. Highlander the starfish. Except there can be a lot of them instead of. Just I the one. did appreciate right. the moment <laughs> where she's like, where she's like. So like, why does the moon give you like superpowers? And he's like, I don't know. We he's don't like, know. Yeah. Magic. <laughs> that's really, Mother Moon. That's Mother great. Moon. It's like what I did really like about the werewolf stuff overall is that, and he says this, it's two souls in one body, and it's mm, presented, yeah. and throughout the book, it's presented this way, where like the wolf is one creature, and the man is another mm-hmm. creature, and they have like overlapping but occasionally competing interests and like that is a thing throughout the book that i think worked pretty well both for ian and for our unnamed until the end of the book murderous werewolf which i I thought that i thought that was a cool like wrinkle on werewolf tropes uh you know yeah and then the big thing is just like that you have to be when you're a lichen you have to be werewolf like edging all the time you can't wolf to completion yes you have to you edge become, you can only edge you, are, yeah. you will be a wolf <laughs> to do the withdrawal Relax. werewolf don't do it maneuver yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> everybody knows that doesn't work Craig. i know it's true the rhythm method is the best way to become a werewolf jesus so like <laughs> wait so she okay so she's hanging out with billy fingers he shows up like batman and is like billy finger sucks get out of here billy yeah what are you doing again? Well, Billy's supposed to take her to this perfumer. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, the one who, the one who, who ch- literally chomped her flavor. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. What a dick. Right. Mm-hmm. So, right. so Ian shows up. He like drops from the fucking roof or something. Yeah. Like it's real it's Batman. Really, You're right about Batman, that. Batman. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, I can't believe you would go anywhere without me. And she's like, I can't believe you are following me. And he's like, I told you I was going to shut up. <laughs> So they fight back and forth quite a bit. And then um, he's like, is there any chance? Like, you're going to stay out here. You can stay here. But like, you know, I'm going to go into the actual perfume shack. And I think, isn't this where, isn't this where we get the banter about like, you know, 
I like you too much or something like that. I, I think don't this know. is where it starts because like once they start like buddy copying around, they yeah. they yeah. start having like a it's it starts in the bar and then continues, but just like a variety of getting to know you moments where we learn more about uh, like Ian's backstory as like this exile wolf king. And we get a little bit more about like Daisy and her sisters and her and her bad marriage. Um, The big thing with Daisy, too, is that like society has shunned her. Society also thinks badly of her, which is fun because Ian thinks society is stupid. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's partly because her husband was bad and partly like and I feel like this has got to be a romance trope, too. But like she loves sex and society is like you can't do that honestly i think these books kind of buck the norm of historical romances because often especially in older ones like you know 15 20 years ago and Mm -hmm. older you're going to usually have some kind of like blushing virgin who is being taught the ways of sex by Mm -hmm. some rakish duke And one thing I really like about this series is that none of them are virgins. They all know what they want, know what they like, and they go for it, which is kind of, especially in historical romance, is kind of a newer, um, refreshing trend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I do really like that about her. Yeah. So the, Um, the big thing that comes out of the perfume shop, right, is they find a lady who died from disease. Yep. The, perf- the lover's disease. The, the, lover's the, disease. French, the French lover's disease. She's real syphilitic, everyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be explicit about it. Yeah. She's gross. And the, the perfumer is dead also. Was he killed? He's dead of wolf. He's dead of she's wolf. Dead yeah, of, he's, she, he's been she, eviscerated. Yeah, okay. she's dead of syphilis and he's dead of being killed by a werewolf. I'm so glad you guys are like equal levels of like kind of mildly confused by some of this because I was real sweaty <laughs> about it coming in. I wasn't totally <laughs> sure about all the details this scene and all of the winston whoever i am poppy's Mm. husband i'm Uh from a different book series but i could oh yeah like i'm the the one person in these books who doesn't know that everybody has superpowers yeah those chapters were also confusing the part where it was like a law and order episode was confusing to me yes a little bit yeah but the other thing from the perfume shack that's important is that ian finds this unicorn yeah. wolf pin. i don't know badger pins everybody's situation. finding their like comic-con enamel pins everywhere yep. and they all like <laughs> mean very different specific things yeah absolutely yeah. and he's like the only person who has one of these like i buried mine with my dead son everyone don't mm-hmm. worry there's a dead son yeah mm-hmm. and awesome. um my brother has the other one so now ian's thinking that his brother is behind the wear attacks his brother is currently the king of all werewolves yes. because ian ian besmirched them he yes was like, no that's not the right yeah. word he was like get out of here yeah I'm I- ian was it. like i don't ian was like i don't know i don't want it and then uh, the wolf clan like there's no room in their wolf society i guess for someone who should have been the king but didn't want it and so he's allowed to like live in their territory but he isn't part of their society anymore and we hear through like various like supernatural contacts that that ian still has that it seems like most people up to and including literally queen victoria do secretly want him to be wolf king instead yeah. Like his brother because the current wolf king is like really bad at he's being really a wolf bad. king <laughs> and he's like when super you and awful. he's not great at it the way that the book tells us about this and i this 
I love this. I highlighted it. I laughed at it. It was my favorite thing is Ian goes to meet his brother, the bad wolf king. And you know that he's bad because he's doing the classic, like lounging on the throne with like yeah, his yeah. foot hanging <laughs> off the side. And you know, that's how, you know, he doesn't, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't care about this. Like he should, you know, nope. he's the, he's mm-hmm. the bad boy king who doesn't, mm-hmm. play he doesn't by the respect rules. the literal throne. Ian that bit back right. a sneer of disgust as he stopped before the dais. Connell lounged upon, lounged upon the throne as if it were a bed, one long leg thrown over the armrest, his booted foot swinging in idle it rhythm. It was swinging, was everyone. Swinging in idle rhythm. He might as well be like swilling a glass of wine like Dracula in a Castlevania game. Like it's Yeah, very, the audacity. Like, yeah. You know? I will say that usually when a man lounges on a throne like that in a romance novel, that it is a that, sexy. Is, that is a good thing yeah. for mm-hmm. me from my personal perspective. It does <laughs> sure. not in this book pan out for me, but mm-hmm. usually that guy's. It, I will say okay. historically, we're into that guy. <laughs> yeah, historically, sure. we're both, like, you, Mel you, and I are fans of that guy. That not character this time. can also be somebody who needs the love of a good woman to get him to take yes. his like position yes. in society seriously. Now that is yes. not the case with Bad Boy Wolf King, no. but it, yeah, there there are a lot of ways to use this extremely specific pose <laughs> that, that she has evoked. Um, yes. Yeah. She, All right. So. Um, okay, wait. So where were we? The thing that happens... They, okay, so like Andrew alluded to the brief se- section that I don't think we need to dwell on where he goes and visits a vampire lady and she's like, I think you'd make a, wait, gr- a great king. Wait, I'm sorry. Didn't we they have to go back to the outside romance? Outside the perfume shop? Yes. Well, yes. <laughs> After they go yeah. outside, there is the first kiss and I will not skip over it. As soon as they get to a part of London that's less stinky than the part yes. with all the dead bodies, they're like, man, this I is the big, the, yeah. I really thought this was interesting. The, the thing that precipitates the first kiss is he has some sort of memory attack where he yeah. smells some stuff and then just like loses it completely. Yeah, he has a yes. PTSD anxiety anxiety attack moment. Yeah. Yeah, and so she and smooches and it what, right out of him. No, 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 that's not true. She <laughs> makes fun of him. And so he's standing there being like, God, she's gonna pity me. And there's like nothing that kills my boner more than somebody's pity. And then she's like, are you like coming or are you just going to stand there all day? And he's like, oh, woman, you're the best thing that's ever been on this earth. And then he does kiss the crap out of yeah, her. I read it as yeah. her like taunting him to get him out of it. Like, yeah, she's like, that's their, that's mm-hmm. their dynamic. And, and yeah. the only thing he knows is to smooch. So he smooches mm-hmm. her and she starts smooching him back. And he says, Jesus, she knew what she was about. Yes. Yeah. And then she thinks like that he tastes like caramels, and she's like, "Boy, I sure love caramels. He tastes just like caramels." Yes, salty and sweet. Love it. And I also really appreciated in Firelight, their first kiss was just tongues. It was just involved a masquerade. Matt, it was just licking on each other's tongues, which was very confusing and um, uh, like Aaron over there. It was difficult for me. Um, So I was really glad that it was just like a regular type smooch with like lips. <laughs> like Chris- moving heads around, you know, normal Chris- stuff. Chris, I just imagine Kristen Callahan like just on Wikipedia looking up like, okay, how's how's kisses work? How do I write about it? <laughs> no. the, the only I thing people keep complaining about how I wrote about this tongue kiss. So I need to figure out how people do this. I listened to your episode and I was like, wow, that that licking thing sounds wild. And then like I was really struck multiple times in this book where people lick each other. 
I can't wait to talk about when it happens. I can't wait. We're gonna get to the library so soon. We just have to keep motoring. Okay, we gotta go, we gotta go fast. They go to a so, they go to a party. They go to a garden party. Yeah, to track down someone else who had this illicit perfume. Yeah, because she's gonna get murdered. She's gonna get killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they they go there. Um, there's a moment where we see Daisy being shunned by society yep. in action, and he comes over and he's just like patooey on your society. Like he mm-hmm. he says something about bollocks. He says bug. You know, he like says bugger off, and she's like, oh, bugger off. Yes. That's I'm, the one. Bugger hand- off? I'm handsome enough. I'm handsome <laughs> enough that I do not need to care about society. Yeah. And everybody right. at the party looks around and they say, that's what well, Andrew always well, got. He's, he's got <laughs> like triple nobility. He has like two man titles and one wolf title. One wolf so, title. Yeah. <laughs> no, nobody's coming for Mr. Northrop. Right. So, okay. So then, ah, there's a big kerfuffle. Oh, no's. How old in the night? And so they take off to go find out what did happen. They find a super bloody lady who was wearing that perfume, mm-hmm. and it's sad. She's not dead, though. Um, she doesn't die. Yeah, that's a nice. <laughs> and Ian goes off into the bushes to find out where the werewolf is, and everybody else is like, huh, he's always around when somebody gets attacked. And then they're like, who was with him? Oh, that's Strumpet Daisy, formerly mm-hmm. Craigmore. So she takes off because she's like, I'm not trying to get caught up in all of this nonsense. She has to abandon her carriage because of a tree branch. Yep. There's another howl. Yep. The horse goes whinnying away. And then she's in a cemetery, everybody. She's trucking through a cemetery on foot. Mm-hmm. I mean, meanwhile, howls and, and lopes around different places with other wolves yeah. and stuff. Because she still stinks like the perfume. So she's, yes, she's she like, oh, no, this werewolf is definitely after me right now. I Which have he a is. question. Does, does, so... Oh, right. No, she just still stinks from it from like days ago. Even yeah, they, they cover they, okay, they cover yeah, their, I remember their that now. butts on this. Because yeah. she's like, like, what if I just stopped she wearing, wearing it? that perfume? <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's like, what yeah. if I just stopped wearing it? And Ian's like, you wore so much yeah. of it, it would Ian's take like, days. I remember that. Ian's like, you, yeah, you idiot. We both, sm- you both you. smell the same stinks. You know <laughs> that it's going to take days for this to wear off. You know you smell like sunshine, Daisy. <laughs> yep. Okay. Glass. Yeah. Grass. Okay, so she starts hearing these voices. Yeah, yeah. That and the werewolf, like, like starts coming at her. We can help you. Yeah. We're we the want voices. to protect you. And she's like smearing like dirt on herself, and she's like, "Man, dirt is gross, but boy, do I want to snack on it!" And I don't I understand why it. it smells so good. Oh my gosh, do I have pica? I don't know. <laughs> or vitamin D deficiency, which does <laughs> make knows? you crave dirt. And she just. <laughs> smears it all over her and yeah. um and then like the vibe like she hears these teeny tiny voices let us help you yeah, but i thought it was grow. dead people but it wasn't it was mm, trees it was no. like in the happening yeah. when they're all like ganging up and like wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. making decisions yeah. together they're like please let us um but she still doesn't get it i don't think you i don't think you both realize how often craig references the movie the happening to yeah. me Hi, I craig. absolutely nothing no man do you like to no man best friends yeah <laughs> Scientific method together. I love the happening. Podcast that is so fucking busted. Uh, Why does everyone look dead straight at the camera? Why is the slow motion? Why is hot dogs? Why is so many things in that movie? Oh god, and we're supposed to believe go? that Mark Wahlberg is a scientist. Yeah, oh, a scientist. the least believable oh, thing god. in any movie makes ever. Makes sense to me. <laughs> 
let's pause to do the scientific method. <laughs> oh, God, I love it. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. So there's a, were- there's right. a werewolf anyway. fight in this graveyard. Yes, yes. So yes. Daisy does make <laughs> accidentally make a bunch of vines grow in front of her. She does make a wall. And then she, like, hides in a, a, a above-ground grave an thing. S- an an ossuary, sure. I think, is maybe the word. Yeah. A place oh, to put you. bones. All right. That's the one. It's one of those words I only know from video games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so then she hears like a howl and a yip and a fight. And she goes out there to find out what happened. And um, meanwhile, we switch to Ian's perspective and he does get darted right in the chest. And so now he's like, oh, my gosh, my clan does know all about it. My brother is behind it. And then she comes out and she's like, hey, Ian, you're hurt. Can I help you? And he, like, takes the dirt out of his chest and he's like, stay away. Yeah. I'm not in my right mind. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, but you're hurt. I want to bandage you and, and he, like, you a little bit. And he, like, accidentally slams her head against the ground. Listen, he does he, do listen, tiniest he does accidental do like sexual small, assaults. A small, a itty bitty little, This is like, like that kidnapping sexuals. from earlier. Like, yeah, it yeah. barely counts. It's not... <laughs> This often happens. This happened with Bill and Sookie. This happens all it's the right. time. It's totally fine. You're, it's it totally is a, bill, fine. a big This is a Sookie paranormal thing, yeah. trope. Sometimes Sookie gets raped in a graveyard, and sometimes yeah. that happens <laughs> to Daisy, too. Jesus. Honestly, I watched that scene multiple times. Erin, she's into it. It's not. She's just surprised. <laughs> no. <at all. laughs> oh, no. But, like, this one is, a, this one is like, okay, they, it pays off the they have chemistry and like easily yes. any sort of caregiving a lot of caregiving happens in this book between the two of them and mm-hmm. so this is another right. moment thereof but like he is part wolf right now and when she gets close to him he's like i got to jump on you and oops we're on stones and i banged your head in the ground mm-hmm. i and i told you not to do that well cuz they they the the two things that are going on is like they are both like i don't know if i can be in a relationship right now Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I can let this other person know all the weird shit about me, which are like the right. two. The, those are the two relationship things. Yeah. Yeah. OK. So then also, I think it's this scene is really, um, really important because even though he is like pretty much completely wolfed out, like he is on the edgiest edge of this edge. Yep, 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 yep. Um, he does like she whacks him and she's like, get away from me because she's being attacked. And she's also triggered from her previous yep. relationship. Both of those things are happening at the same time. And he immediately stops and backs away and is like, uh, you know, beside himself. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, no, I, I didn't like, did I hurt you? And she's like, no. And he says, I did hurt you. I can see that I hurt you. And that's abhorrent. And then she, in her in her monologue, she's like, you know, I I know what abuse looks like because I experienced it with my former husband. This was not abuse. This was him literally telling me, don't come near me. Me not understanding, doing the thing, and then, you know, yeah. being, Harm being attacked. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So it is, it's very, very layered. So anyway, they go back to his house and, oh, wait, just real quick. This, this earlier conversation reminded me of one of my favorite lines in the whole book. And it happens in one of the first scenes where he says something like, you know, maybe I'm interested in you. And she says, uh, she says, I think you like your women unavailable, 
and subservient, and I am neither. Mm. That was good. Oh, so good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. They go back to his place. They go back to his house. Yeah. And it's like, what? At this point, they have a clear connection. Um, the there's an understanding that someone out there might be con- someone in his clan might be controlling the werewolf that's killing people because they all yeah, got because, darted. Like, yeah, the only people who have these darts are is the the, the Randolph, Randolph darts. clan. Yeah, Randolph yeah. darts. Darts. She but. knows that in the middle of the night he snuck up to her room in order to sleep in front of the door because mm-hmm. he was very worried mm. about her. And then the next morning, they have this really, um, really intense conversation in which he's like, I don't know how to apologize for what happened, but I really, really want to. And they sort of dance around it until he reaches for her and she she does like the tiniest flinch. And so he abandons ship and he does go to the library, which is important to me, Melody. Mm-hmm. Yes. So <laughs> that's where the books live. That's where the that's where the back rubs live also so Mm. she goes in there and she's like what the fuck was that i know like i know i hurt your feelings somehow why did you just leave that conversation and he's very like let me brood in peace (laughs) and so um she goes up to him and she does start rubbing his shoulders she makes him take off his his cravat yes Yes. before she starts rubbing his shoulders she does say this is something i used to do for my abusive dad which i didn't love when you no. start doing sex things to a person and you say, right. I used to do this to my abusive dad, just like, keep, please keep that in your you brain don't parts. Need, those don't don't say it you don't yeah. even need to put the word abusive in there. You're just like, this is a very sexy thing that I used to do for my dad. No. Yes. Yeah, fair. Yeah, don't evoke that figure. No, if you have that thought, just keep it in your yeah, brain. Like it's, and it's, don't it's say fine it that out you loud. know how to do it. And one. You don't need to tell everybody how mm. you know how to do it. Yeah, that's so right. she's giving him the sexy dad back rubs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's, it is indeed very sexy because yes. his shirt is off and all of his muscles are there. And there are a lot he of metaphors comparing his muscles. Noises. Yes. You know, yeah. Like yeah. various yeah. Snarls. And his, and his muscles are compared to a variety of like firm materials, which yes. is very important. <laughs> yes. Uh, and That's then, true. And then some folks from the well, castle. Well, he grabs her hand, Andrew. Okay. You, okay, all right, fine. I know what Melly wants to talk I'm just, about. I'm just, I'm like, Thank I'm trying you. to blast through the like werewolf kingdom subplot stuff because we I don't will. think we as a group are as interested in it, but it, we, we will. do have to talk about it. But, We're not there yet, though. But yeah, sure. something okay. happens. Yes, please. Yes. Go. So, okay. So he, um, so she's doing this massage. At the end of the massage, he's all like, you know, a loose noodle. And he's like, oh, I'm so relaxed now. And so he grabs her hand and he says, Daisy Meg, I vow to you that I will never hurt you again. And I will keep you safe even if I die doing it. But the most important thing about this exchange is that he does then kiss her palm. But then mm-hmm. he's so, ah, he's so he- overcome that the kiss does turn into like a, a teeth scrape oh, yeah, and then the tooth some, scrape uh, turns into a full palm lick some, and uh, then the palm lick turns sucking. into a very intense finger suck. Finger and uh, I <laughs> listen, I, it was a big swing and I loved it. Yeah, I would like to go on the record as trash for this. Yes. I trash. loved it. <laughs> I am on the record as loving a palm kiss and loving a tooth wrist scrape, which yes. happens more often than you guys would think in a romance novel. But then mm-hmm. but then I was like, okay, then now it's done. And then it wasn't. And now and, I have to go on record. 
That's when they he hit takes you with the it to an side. eleven. A whole hand lick. Slash. slash. I'm glad that we dug into this because then the next thing that happens is, yeah. as Andrew was saying, the Randolphs show up, and this book is really good about. Well, they're getting ready. Blue balls. There's mm-hmm. so yeah. many blue yeah. ball scenes. There's a lot of blue balls. In this a lot book. of blue balls. So Ooh. Andrew, yeah. the Randolphs. It's very, it's very important. The Randolphs the show up. What happens? A, a big fight scene happens. He kills a There dude. is a decapitation. Yeah. Yeah. He, he yes. does kill one of the werewolves who have, the, the werewolves come and they're, and they, it's been established before that as like an exile, he cannot just like go visit the werewolves unless he has been expressly invited. So these, you know, these uh, goons. I guess this counts guess. as an invitation. Yeah. yeah they, they, sh- they show up and they say, hey, King wants to see you. And then there's a big fight. And he does literally kill a werewolf. And this is, I think, the clearest look we've gotten so far. I like the super fast Wolverine yeah. werewolf healing powers because everybody does kind of heal really quickly from everything that happens to them, both in this scene and in the next scene, except for the guy who got his head cut off because he's dead. He's yep. dead as hell. Right. <laughs> um, so. It is the only thing that really messes up immortality. Mm-hmm. Not having getting, a head. Getting that, getting that well, old head Well, it's one of three off. things. You can regenerate all your limbs, but not that you can You can get your head cut off. You can get syphilis before you're 30. <laughs> Whoa! Spoilers, oh, Andrew. I'm sorry. How dare you? Well, we talked no, about. We talked like, about that was part of the werewolf the mechanics. No, it's like you're immune from disease unless you do get it during a time in your life when you're very susceptible to Before disease. Before maturation, <laughs> That's Andrew. The word they use. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Sure. Sure. <laughs> so they go to Werewolf Castle. And Ian's brother, Connell, is sitting there on the throne with his leg kicking over the side. And that's how you know he's a shitty king and everybody knows it. Yes. And he doesn't know anything about this murderous werewolf. He, he, yeah, he, he's, he's like, what are, you, what are you talking about? Because no it is part of the Randolph's job. And this is very twilightian like i it got big volturi bit. vibes from the from these guys oh but, i got volturi vibes from the sos the, oh, yes which they, mm-hmm. they also have a volturi introduced in the vampire scenes like there's a whole they're, they're, anybody they're, supernatural has to take care of bad supernatural people yeah. yeah like i so from the so the sos is a body that like ministry of magic-esque is responsible for keeping all the non-magics from knowing about any of the magic yeah and then uh part of the ranulf's job which is the volturi thing is that if anybody starts breaking the rules or killing people or doing things that might like bring them to the attention of the normal people then the Randolphs are supposed to be in charge of that. So one one of the like the the central mystery of the book that isn't related to like finger sucking or like dad rubs. <laughs> sure, sure. Mysterious that about that, but yeah, <laughs> that's fun. yeah. Is very straightforward. Ian does not know why this werewolf is killing people with impunity in Sherlock Holmes era London. Correct. Yeah. Uh, without like without being stopped by without the, the, the Randolph stepping in, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. you got to put him down. Especially since he now knows that the family Dart was is used. involved. Yes, yeah, the family Dart is here. They don't give these darts out to just anybody. They're no. family darts. <laughs> <laughs> There's like the crest on them and stuff. Yeah. yeah. One one of many like pin or pin adjacent things that serves <laughs> yeah. as it's like kind when of a Tony plot. Stark sees the missiles that have the Stark Enterprise name on them. It's like, oh no, Absolutely. I did this Uh-oh. to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Poignant. So they uh, so uh, 
what else happens in this scene? Like they, they, they punish him. There's this, yeah, they, they punish him. There's this power struggle. And then like at the, at the end of it, they're like, okay, you kill, you kill a guy. You did like, we're going to let you go. You're the, you know, you're, you're fine, but you did kill a guy. So now you got to be punished for it. Mm-hmm. And so Connell sets up this thing where all the other werewolves in werewolf town are going to come and kick the shit out of Ian. There is a ceremonial beatdown. Yeah, a ceremonial yes. beatdown. And it should be said, Daisy is there. Yes. And they're going to make her watch. They're going to make her watch. She hates it. She hates yeah. it. Um, <laughs> She's and, not into it. And yeah. he, he's getting shredded up. And there's like this description later where where um, one of Ian's like, uh, his like sidekick guys talent like has, has yes talent who is kind of a cool character who we don't get to know as much about as I would he like to he, they, he, has he talks about yeah. oh good good good, good they talk about how they transport Ian after the scene happens and they've wrapped him up in a blanket so they don't lose any pieces of meat yeah yeah like pieces of his skin meat but just as it it becomes clear that Connell is not actually going to let him live after this. Daisy gets really upset and earth bends again and like literally skewer, mm-hmm. skewers some werewolves with roots and like very kills sharp them. roots. And Connell, yes. the werewolf king, runs away with his the tail literally or figuratively <laughs> yeah. between her his plant, legs. I'm not her, sure how werewolfy he is at this her moment. Her plant but. voice like talks to Wolf oh, yeah. Connell and is like, get mm-hmm. out of here, wolf. Go yeah. home. Which yeah. makes more sense. When later there's a scene where the three elemental sisters get together and Poppy, the one who knows everybody has special powers, is like, yo, our mom had nature powers uh, and she used to talk to animals all the time. So like that makes sense here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We get a we get a whole like we have to let Ian heal. It takes about 12 hours or so. Well, but this, is, this is important for their relationship because so far, like you, you talked, uh, we've talked about like all the, all the caring for each other that happens between right. these two mm-hmm. characters that sort of accelerates the bond that they are having in between all their like fighty flirty stuff <laughs> that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And this is really the first moment where Ian has needed the care because yeah. he has just been shredded. Like he, he rubbed he the cheese grater her, against oh, him. He tells yeah. her not to stop touching him. And so she never yeah. stops touching him for the whole time that he's healing, which is 12 hours, which is like, you know, she had to pee. So she had to pee <laughs> and didn't. And I just feel like that's, that's true love. That's love right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So when he does heal, though, mm-hmm. boy, is he shirtless. Mm-hmm. And yes. he and you can has kind of see just all the places she wants to lick on him once he yeah, yeah, yeah. And she talks about how the under because he's not wearing any clothes and you could just see like a hint of pubes. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. She's hint. like, just a hint. She's like, I wish I could keep keep putting my hand down to the bulge that lies beneath the <laughs> something about like sizable Whoa. bulge or like generous oh, yeah. bulge. It, it was just being described. Listen, as listen, it's large. clear that he's <laughs> packing some stuff. <laughs> also, there. he gets bigger when he's in the moon like let's talk about like have we thought about that oh yeah <laughs> craig have i thought about have that we thought about that? That? of course <laughs> <laughs> he smells under the moonlight that's yeah. the one mm-hmm. okay so then they have this very important conversation where he admits to her that like he doesn't want anything to do with clan politics he walked away from that because he he wishes he could just be a normal man and she can feel the pain that's that's underlying that statement. And so she says, 
I don't know that I would be interested in you if you were a normal man. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the first times where we see his character begin to like start the self-acceptance process. And it's one of the only reasons that like the climax at the end works out. I think I think it's planted here yeah. mm -hmm. because, mm -hmm. um, you know, the one of his one of the pillars of his character is that the man always fights the wolf. The wolf is always trying to get out. The man is trying to suppress it. And so it's, it's always this this fight. And she's saying, I I enjoy both sides of you. I enjoy all of it. Yes. And um, and so, man, they do a make out. And he says, Daisy, when they had me, when I was being ceremonially beat down and and tortured and stuff, all I could think about was this touching you, tasting you, mm -hmm. kissing you. He, having does, you he says that listen. Like, when he does like a big cheek caress. It's good. Oh, yeah. He does, oh, it's yeah. Good it's good stuff. Mm <laughs> hmm. And then why do they have to? Oh, then they stop because she, has a migraine. she gets a migraine heart. <laughs> that was the first because this is halfway through the book. And th this is the first time when I was like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Andrew. Like, come she on. had and a long day. She was very stressed. And I as understand. somebody who does get oral migraines, I really appreciated the representation. Yeah. I, listen, I appreciate the representation. He was like a pile of ground chuck. Like half an hour ago. And yeah. he's ready yeah. to go. And he's ready to go. And I'm like, when are they going to get to the fireworks factory? When are we going to, when are they going to slam each other? I know. I know. I hear you. I understand. We know like, this. We know this language. quite well. Yeah. Yes. Um, but it is really important here because it's the first time that he sees that she truly cares about him mm -hmm. and not just in like the I want your bod yeah. way. Um, because the migraine is actually spurred by her thinking, like reliving what his happened trauma, to him. right, mm -hmm. and being like, "Don't you ever let them hurt you like that again," etc., mm -hmm. etc. She has a lot of fists on his chest. Stop oh, it! Stop it. Oh, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all very wow. important. And several chapters later, when they do <laughs> finally do something to <laughs> completion, it is like it, it's it works. So it, a couple, it's quick, fine a couple quick that hits. it took as long as it did. A couple but. quick hits. <laughs> He climbs, he, he climbs Big Ben, thinks about his dead son. Yes. I was First, he talks about how <laughs> no, some, people call, some people call a Big Ben yeah. a bunch of like, I was, Actually, I was unclear that it was not his dead OGs. son at this time. Mm -hmm. It's kind of deliberately not definitive. He's just like somebody yeah. fell. Because we get, we get through little uh, bits of flashback and like talking to yeah. Daisy. Like there are little snippets that we get of his life like we get his wife una who we, they, we hear about later yeah we mm -hmm. like there there are two things that happen one is that he's immortal and she was not and so obviously that creates problems and then there are the circumstances of their breakup which only becomes clear a little bit after you like hear about her yeah right and then also we have his son who we've heard about like how rare it is for werewolves to reproduce at all. It's like, it's, 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 it happens very infrequently mm -hmm. and it, where like lichens are almost always males. Like they, it's rare for a female lichen to happen at all. So it's, it's mostly men who are having sex with human women. And then this whole thing happens, but like, don't he, hate it. Yeah. Sure. Like, yeah. you know, he is, he is lost a, son who like killed himself before he was immortal enough to survive from it yeah right or, or so or so we are led to believe yeah dun 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 
Um, but yeah, those are the just to elide over a few things so we can spend more time talking about all the like the sucking. And we got to talk about the nipple, carriage the scene, nipple play, yes. and all the before cool we get to, before yeah. we get to the carriage scene. She goes to the bookshop. Her sisters are like, "Don't hang out with that dude." She's like, "Whatever." Um, and also, all of us have powers, yeah. and our mom had mm-hmm. powers, um, and it's right. fine. Winston. The detective gets attacked by a, a werewolf and an angel saves his life. We don't learn more mm-hmm. about that. The next yeah, book is human. Poppy and Winston. It's a problem. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's a marriage um, second chance. You know. Cool. Marriage Their marriage is falling apart. They get back yeah. together. Ian yeah. takes uh, Daisy to a shitty boat and makes her hang out <laughs> with a guy named Lucian and a woman named Mary Chase. They are... Okay, how do people feel about this? They are GIMs. They are ghosts in the machine. Is it Jim or Gim? Where do we think it goes? <laughs> what a controversy. I was going to ask what you I thought. Say, I think it's Gims, yeah. I, like Gims. I heard Gim, yeah. yeah I know like it's supposed to be audio, Gim, Did anyone listen to the audiobook? I did not. I did yes. not, no. I, I have two things to say that the okay. audiobook narrator calls them Gims. Okay. Um, okay. Because for a long time I thought it was Grims, but it, because I listened to it, don't like double speed, but it, <laughs> it's Gims. Um, okay. And That's that canon. also she does an accent for Lucian that I would call a, a, a French Cajun accent that I would call valiant and brave. <laughs> yeah, he's a Southern American, they say. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's from New Orleans. Yeah. Yes. So, and this is another bit of world building that I found really impressive, and also exists only to set up a thing that happens at the end of the yes. Yeah. These are soul <laughs> So he goes to visit, like he goes to visit, like ghost spies, so he can have them spy on his Wolf King brother to figure out if he's yep. lying about not knowing about the werewolf and why he's lying. Yes. And then also and, they well, just kind of like one of the ghosts grabs the other one's like ghost dick and Daisy's like, whoa, I, they have not, they have not invented YouTube or like porn, like video porn yet, but I am into this. This is doing it it. for me. Yes. Mm -hmm. She also gets, uh, she gets felt up by a specter. Yeah. And, um, he does go insane and he almost kills Lucian's, um, vessel sure. his body vessel that yeah. he has stolen we, it is important that these guys are it like is. immortal god i trapped myself into explaining another thing <laughs> this is awesome immortal I can't ghosts wait. inside like meat puppet yeah m- steampunk yeah the and they have very puppets. they have very like intricate little like Gears. watch gear style like hearts inside their body and they work and if they don't do enough good like soul harvesting for the ghost bosses yeah. i guess their their mechanical hearts they stops. have a ghost boss yeah. named adam love it who i think love has it. other books or pops up in another book because he's super powerful so too, yeah. or something like that well mary chase has her own book yes. and she yep. i think gets with uh the valet and she's the one who ultimately gets hired to do the job for Ian, which is Ghost by My Brother. And the deal they negotiate, which everyone in the supernatural world wants, is Ian, you gotta be Wolf King, bud. He'd be such Can a good you Wolf just King. Be the you wolf gotta be King. king and we want to bend the knee. And we will help you become Wolf King knowing that you will owe us one and like we will have a we will have like a direct line to the king. Right. And you can represent even, us. Like at that point, they don't. That's not. They don't even want special treatment. They just want like an unbiased yes. hearing when they have issues that 
involve the the wolf kingdom for some reason. And this is a big decision because Daisy knows that he doesn't want to be king, and he agrees to do this so that he can protect her and save her, and that's like a big deal. It's a big romance. So they they do talk about this in the carriage yeah. a little bit. Um, and she's like, I'm not worth it. And he says, you're, I'll show you how much you're worth. Um, also, I did notice how turned on you got. Do you remember how good my nose is? I could smell it. I could it. smell yes. that you were hot. Um, <laughs> I could, I could smell your interest in that ghostly oh show. This is something that makes me cringe. <laughs> and it happens more in romance than you would think. <laughs> That dudes smell the wanting. I can't even look at him. I hate it so much. I mean, at I least love torturing Aaron. But Melody loves up. it. And I at least they it. set up that he has like supernatural Makes stink sense. smelling powers. Yeah. But lots but of I romance mean, heroes have supernatural stink smelling powers. Yeah, and they all smell they it. Do. It's so gross. Well, I mean, so for Daisy, I don't even, you wouldn't even need to bring that into it because apparently like from her face down to her boob she just turns like bright pink Flushes. every time mm-hmm. that she gets turned on at all yeah yeah mm-hmm. and, she has, anyway, and she has copious bosoms to turn red she does yes, have tiggle bitties as we have established <laughs> they are large prior yes. to this yes yeah they do sway a lot in this scene yeah. mm-hmm. so and they're then, in the, they're so in this now moving carriage on the Greg, way tell home. me what happens about in this carriage <laughs> okay <laughs> They're in this carriage on the way home from the barge, and she's working through some of her, as you were talking about, Melanie, working through some of her, I don't deserve this stuff. Right. And he's like, nah, you do. So first, <laughs> let, me, the world. let me take my wolf claw and rip open your bodice and be like, wow, these boobs need to be exposed all the time. This sucks. Society sucks for containing your boobs. Get them out there. These are great boobs. And then he's like, oh, man, you got to hike up all 15 of the skirts you're wearing so that you can... Well, wait, let's not let's not rush to the skirts. There is three pages. There's a lot of of nipple stuff that happens. There's a lot of nipple stuff. Sorry. There's a lot of nipple stuff. There's all this, this, you know, (laughs) we got to talk about both sides. (laughs) You do, yeah. You you lick each boob. There's lick and there's tweaking there yes. is stuff and you talk happens. about like the way that the nipples react Bop to it, it and how they it, still twist it, still, <laughs> yes, twist exactly. it, it. <laughs> and he works he works his way down he's a very generous yes. lover and caregiver i did yes. enjoy how difficult it seems to be for her to get those skirts up because a lot yes. of times we're reading england times and sherlock holmes's times books mm-hmm, and those mm-hmm. skirts just like Fly come up. up and i'm like that shit would be heavy there's bones involved with these yeah. outfits like pounds. it's a yes, lot yep. so i enjoyed yeah. that like the carriage and the skirts was like logistically difficult for yep. this woman yes but then what happens craig yes craig well, he gets he gets her to pull the skirts up mm-hmm and he's like, and what's under there? He's like, spread your legs. <laughs> and he's kind of growling right now. He's being a dog right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, and, wolf's out. Uh, it's a dog pup- with a bone. Puppy wants a treat. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> would you like me to read? Please, we would love it. I, please I, do. I he goes one to of my favorite sections. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. All right. <laughs> he says. Lift them high and show me your sweet punny, Daisy Meg. I, I, I have not heard punny hi- in a did, very long time. I did highlight that line. That <laughs> did stick out to me. <laughs> okay. So then we go from ankles to shins. Like this is this is a, a this is a show. And then he says, spread your legs, just like Craig said. Um, and then <laughs> he, he says, 
his <laughs> the scent of her desire made his head light. Her Mm-mm. hips came forward on the seat. The white length of wait, the white length of plump linen covered thighs opening like flower petals to the sun. Wider, he said, when the shadow when the shadowed apex of her thighs remained hidden to him. And then I gotta go. Dad talks about his cock throbbing and stuff. <laughs> yeah, and then, like whatever. We're sorry, overdue listeners. Um, <laughs> it's fine. This is this is this important. is my favorite thing. They love this stuff. Yeah. Okay, and then it says, "Ah, God!" His hands shook as he put uh, as he put them on her thighs, framed by the slit in her combinations and the nest of honey gold curls. Pink lips as pouty and plump as her mouth glistened in the dim light. I could eat you alive, he says. And he does. And then he did. Yeah, and then he and then, and then he does and go he right did. to it. And then yep. she That's and the then one. she starts doing the like, nah, we gotta move on to the next bit. And he yeah, does right. the whole like, what do you want? What wait, what yeah. do you want? He makes her say it. Yeah. yeah. Yes. You need to say and it. And they run out mm-hmm. of time. And she, and she does say it and then just at just uh, do almost, they run out of time. Almost yeah, right. because the oh. Yeah. Uh, the coach stops like just as he get. it talks about how he just is just barely able to get in there. And then uh, and then the coach stops. There is a one full penetration <laughs> yep. for yep, yep, things. Yep, yep, yep. And then before they can get any other movement on her sister is out. The guy driving the coach the is like, um, excuse me. <laughs> hey, is, uh, is there People fucking we... back there. We got. Um, <laughs> excuse me. You really gotta they stop. They keep going until he says it like five times, yeah. and then and until he's like, like, "Man, I put a tie on the door handle. Like, I don't know what. Yes. I don't know how to make this clearer for you." I, I also love that they come. That you know, he puts a jacket over her. They come out of the coach, and her sister's clearly upset. But the first thing that happens, Daisy's like, "Don't you fucking judge me. I will do what <laughs> I right. want." I was screaming in that this. carriage. <laughs> yeah, but she has bad news. Um, but. Yeah, she's br- she brings bad tidings. Winston has been attacked. Yeah. So they go over, and there's a big bed bedside sick scene. It sets up the third book. Um, and so Art, um, uh, jeez, I was gonna say Archer. Ian goes home. Yeah. And I really loved this because he says, like, you know, he's thinking about what happened in the carriage, and he's, you know, he's he doesn't mind the chase. And then he thinks to himself, but it would be really nice for once to be chased in return. And then, boom, carriage comes up. She she shows up. Daisy's there. Question. Yes. Yeah. Poppy is is mourning the, like, imminent death of her husband, Winston. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe. But he's going to be fine. He is. And that he saw her charm and knows that she might have been lying to him about her superpowers. You know, it's it's complicated. Listen, this is a very distressing moment for poppy yeah either husband dies or is like physically debilitated forever or lives and hates her forever yeah. due to her and lies. also knows that she's been lying she yeah. does know he right knows. exactly yeah. daisy leaves her sister in that moment to be yeah. like gotta go fuck this guy and i found that to be very problematic listen okay first of all she left her with the other sister yeah Miranda's she's not there. alone it's fine. i just it's love fine. that she's just like creeping out like mm, yeah, I, I, I see the situation I really here and poppy was like i get it you gotta live your truth she literally yeah. says something like you gotta be true to yourself 
That is true. Okay. And right now, and myself we, needs to get doinked. We by smash cut right. to Ian this walking around with a friend. raging heart on in his own house. He's yes. such a big boner yeah. that he's like breaking glassware. <laughs> and then she comes That's in. All true. They have sex. It's very good sex. They yeah. Finally. Good stuff. Finally. Yes. Finally. And then they try Everyone to have says. sex again. Yes. And he's, he's like, a werewolf. He can just keep going. And he's that like, is a werewolf trait. And he's like, why don't you ride me? Which found, you know, seems fun. But then he gets a little overexcited. And he is a werewolf, so he does want to do it doggy style. <laughs> yeah. I knew you were going to do Actually, that. you know, in werewolf uh, lore, lore. Um, that is the only way that a werewolf can claim their mate. Mm-hmm. You have to do it doggy style, yep. and then you and do then they have, have to do bite a you on the severe bite oh <laughs> on like okay. the shoulder neck okay. area, and then like that's the that's the claim. Now your mates. <laughs> usually, usually they do need to bite you mid climax, oh, if yeah. at all yeah, possible. Sure. I do l- l- listen. It's a delicate dance. I do like that a lot better than the Stephanie Meyer version where you are a werewolf and you see a baby and you're like, that's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's one hot baby. I'm going to love that. I'm going to baby with mascara on it. But of course, in terms of like in fiction, werewolf mating rituals, this one is better. It's better. Yes. But of course, it doesn't. That doesn't go well because he sees her scars from her marriage where because she was not a virgin when she got married, the guy abused her and he and she has like an episode. She has a PTSD episode being flipped onto her stomach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. She's triggered. And he he actually handles it really well. I thought. Mm hmm. Um, and they reconcile. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Because well, he because it's it's there is a moment where you're not sure what's going on, where yeah. she like turns over and he's like, what the fuck? And she's like. Re- and she like recoils and, and you think it's going to be like, I- I'm not sure what there's a whole universe of things that could have happened in this moment. But then it ends up being he is just like Callahan in does sense that, a lot. that somebody yeah. could have could have done this yeah. to her. And it ends up being like a sweet like romance building character building. Well, she thinks that he's like recoiling because she's like ugly and Disgusting. scarred yeah. too. And yeah. That's, that's yeah because thing. she's got like years of internalized criticism from her yep. shitty ex-husband. Precisely. Yeah. Well, and there have also been seeds planted that, you know, in the recap, we can't really go into, but um, there have been seeds planted about like the ways in which he abused her. Like mm-hmm. in italics, it'll say like held down, yep. you know, yep. all the things. And it's, it's not great. So this position, especially when there, when he has like a surprised, angry reaction is particularly tri- triggering to yep. her. Um, but yeah, it, it becomes this thing where she, you know, she tells him about, she tells him about, um, Craig Moore and he says that, you know, and he, she says that I'm sorry, I'm never going to be beautiful and pristine and all this, like the scars are never going to go away. And he says to her, I don't want perfect. I just want you. And he says like, she's the most beautiful thing in the whole wide world. And you know, it's, it's a big big romance. It's a big romance. They and then he does now have a bit of an emotional breakdown. He reveals the the sun stuff, right? Yeah. yeah so they have this little disco nap, and then he wakes up and he decides to go like for a walk in the garden, um, because you know he's conflicted about stuff. She comes down and he reveals all the stuff about the sun. Yeah. 
And this is like the lead- sixth time that one of them has woken up without waking up the other and gone on like a Pretty solo impressive. stroll that exists only to reveal yeah. different characters. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> true. Like I'm not complaining about it. I'm just noting that this happens a lot in this book. Yes. And, yeah. and then he's like, okay, cool. Thanks for hearing me out about my son. We have a great relationship. And so now that we finally know all the stuff about the son, we have this like cut to this other scene where it's obvious that one of the other lichens is like t- has the werewolf in, in captivity yeah and is like tormenting him and then calls him i forget what the Macken? name of, of macon yes. macon 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 um yes calls calls him macon and it's clear that his son did not actually die as he had previously thought and that he has been the werewolf this whole time. So of what is left in like the last, the last like climactic bit of the book, what can we kind of elide over and what do we need to go over in in detail? The big thing is the fight at Buckingham Palace. That's the one. Where, and so like the ghost, the, the ghost in the machine, the gim is like, Hey, they're at Buckingham Palace. You gotta go there. And so she's back at Mm -hmm. his house while he goes to fight. And he kills his. It's a trap. It's a trap. It is, of course, it's a trap. Yeah, um, he does. But he does challenge his brother, wins the fight, finds out that the second in command, the one who's like older than all of them, has been the, behind this thing the whole time. Yeah, his brother like, didn't know about the where. He's been super tortured about having to kill his baby brother. Like even yeah. though his mm-hmm. baby brother is a big dick who sits on thrones wrong. Yeah, he like he's still his baby brother, and so he specifically wins this fight in a way that it is indisputable that he has won. He knows it. Everybody who witnesses it knows it. Connell knows it, and he lets him live. And then this like Lyle. shitty beta. Yeah, who, that's literally yeah. what it's called. It's not like an incel like no alphas vocabulary and thing. No, no. It's, he's called no. This is pack. This is pack this mechanics. Is, everyone, pack stuff. it's pack stuff. He's a pack man, if yeah. you will. Uh, but this beta kills. He can his give as much money to whoever he wants, Andrew. Yes. It's true. And then, he, <laughs> okay, you took this in a different direction, and I like that. I like that. Yes, anding each other. <laughs> And so he has to kill. He has. He also has to kill this beta who reveals to him right that his son is. He alive. had like fifteen different motivations. I never found a woman. Your dad was cool. You should have been king too. I should have had a son myself, and you hated your son. You would have just killed him. Like Lyle sucks. That dude sucks. <laughs> Lyle sucks. Well, and the important thing about this moment is that he does have to go full werewolf yep. in order to kill Lyle because yes. Lyle, goes Lyle goes full goes werewolf. werewolf. Yes. Yeah. So meanwhile, at home, there is a scritchy scratch at the door and (laughs) they're very worried about what could be, you know, behind this. She goes downstairs after, you know, talent goes down to figure things out. Talent's bleeding on the floor. It's bad. And then she sees the werewolf. It's like coming at her. And she's like, before this, she could hear, you know, she can hear what the werewolf is saying because of her nature powers. Um, and so the werewolf is like the poor thing. He just wants to find the whole time. He just wanted to find his love because the nurse that they set up for him when he was like very slowly dying of syphilis, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, they fell in love and they did start banging. She yeah. is a nurse who banged a syphilitic patient. And like, she just and for she happened to be wearing that perfume that she like the perfume thing was this big coincidence that like looped daisy into the story in the first place yes, and so that's why that's the, the perfumer common brothers yes. yeah so she's the perfumer's sister mm-hmm. anyway so then when she died he is in full syphilis madness 
and he can't handle that she died. And so he turns into a werewolf, but he keeps smelling her perfume yeah. all over London. So he hasn't been meaning to kill everyone. Oh, he's, he's just, just been, been like, nomming on them out of love. Yeah. He's been like, <laughs> do you taste like her? Good. Yeah. Oh, no. <sighs> You're not her. I'm extra mm-hmm. mad now. So anyway... Daisy's in his brain and he's like, I hurt. Everything hurts. I don't know what to do. And she she sort of talks him down and she's like, please let the man come out. I can help the man. So she talks this crazy werewolf into shifting back into um, the man and Macon poor thing looks at her and he's like, you he thinks that she is his love. Who he's finally yep. found Lucy and he's like, geez, you have to call me. She like is fucking his dad. She is banging his dad <laughs> hard. <laughs> but he anyway, doesn't know that. Anyway, it's no. fine. It's no, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Keep it's keep going. Totally beautiful. Beautiful. Yes. <laughs> so um he <laughs> he's like, you you need to help me. Please go get a silver knife. You told me that you would help me with this. And like apparently she just died before keeping that promise. Mm-hmm. Rude. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> Daisy goes and does get a giant Convenient. silver knife. Big there, silver. Yeah. It's not like I don't you know should keep me alive as long as possible. Yeah, yeah. that would have been really inconvenient. Silver knife. Yeah, in his that's kind of weird. That's kind of weird that he would have a silver knife in his house because earlier the vampire was like, "Would you like a glass made of bone?" And he's like, "Very considerate." Listen, yeah. he needs yeah, yeah, it yeah. for self defense. People keep guns in their house; those are lethal to people. That's he fair. needs yes. it in case another werewolf comes around for self defense. That's true. So she holds the knife up because she's like, I can't kill you. And Macon's like, don't worry, just aim it and I will take care of the rest. So she puts the knife up to his heart and it's his power that does, you know, murder him dead. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden there's a lope coming at the door. There's another big giant wolf. And she's Mm -hmm. like, oh, no, she has it. This wolf has the same azure eyes as Ian, my love, Mm -hmm. Ian. And so. At that point, she she talks to him and she's like, he's like coming over to nuzzle her because his wolf has only been saying, like, keep you safe, have to keep you safe. So she does a big scratch on him, which I thought was adorable. She gives him nice scratches, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good boy, you did so well. <laughs> and then, um, then she says, please let Ian come back. He knows, you know, he knows how to bring you forward. And so you're not going to be stuck behind there forever again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, we will let you come out again. Because that was her thing earlier. Yeah. Like, maybe if you didn't fight the wolf so hard, it wouldn't be a, an, an irreversible change. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. So Ian comes back. He's big naked. Um, I liked that. <laughs> and they love each other forever at the end they do have a moment oh, no. where he goes no. oh no my There's son's more. dead oh, and she wait, goes yeah. you, oh, oh no wait, your you, son's dead did you That's did right. you kill my did you kill my son and she goes did yeah. i kill your son <laughs> like, what and she gives hey, him space because that's the only thing that she could give him in well, that moment. And, and like, and and again, right. as as with, and this, listen, the son killing and like the accidental assault from earlier, I feel like they are on a slightly different magnitude, but they do extend each other like a, a level of like situational understanding yeah. that I thought was very big sure. both of both of them. Where Ian is like, okay, like you, one, you didn't know it was my son. Two, he was 
in such pain and this is what I was going to do for him anyway. Like it could be this like easy thing to derail them. And so they're derailed. And then you have to have some whole other book where they like reconcile and like get over it and and finally get together like they're supposed to be. Now, Kristen Callahan's not going to do that to us. She is a pro. Mm -hmm. So they, they have sex to work through their feelings. She lets him do yes, it doggy style. Definitely. Because he literally yeah, can't. Big, big day. Big day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Big day for them. But mm-hmm. they, yeah. they do have a falling out because she's mortal. And also she has learned yes. that her werewolf bite gave her syphilis. And yeah, remember the werewolf bite from like, her th- from like 350 yeah. pages ago? Yeah, it turns out that is syphilis. I would love yes. Aaron to walk through the choices oh, yes. ask her that bring us, us to the end of the syphilis. book. <laughs> what? Okay. Yes, please, Aaron. No, I, I literally cannot. And I was really excited to hear different people explain all of this. I can, I can say. I was so confused. I'm like, didn't, wouldn't she have like given him syphilis? And I was like, no, because he was already liking can't get syphilis. And yeah. then there's like more like gim stuff. And like, I just, I was so, I was doing a big confuse, guys. So okay. I, would, I would invite literally anyone I, else. I, w- I would love to jump in here. And, and okay. So, so what are, what are the problems? The, pr- the two problems, one that has been set up for the entire length of the book and one that has been set up in the last 20 pages or so. The one <laughs> is that she mortal, he yeah. not mortal. Right. That will eventually cause him some big problems when she inevitably dies. Cause we learned this whole thing about how Una, like not only did they, their breakup was bad, but it was like, she broke up with him because she's like, I can't look at your young, hot sculpted bod. <laughs> That's right. And not so think of my I'm own. I'm a shriveled raisin. <laughs> yeah, okay? I'm an old lady and it makes me think of what I used to be. So weird. I, I would walk down sucks. every street and be like, look at this. Like, I, I don't get that conflict at all. I'd be like, that's what I'm the show, 85 and check the, this out. That's yeah, what the shows Cougar Town flex. and Younger were both about. <laughs> yeah. It was werewolf romance yeah. with the with the younger older woman okay the other problem is she has the same disease as his dead son yeah yes. and the second problem is, is she got syphilis and so yeah. she's not only is she gonna die but she's gonna do it on a uh, a uh, shortened timetable yeah. let's say yes. yeah accelerated and insane yeah, yeah. Yes. she's gonna go mad. and and so she's like okay well i do love this guy a whole lot so if only there was like a a whole a, like a race of like immortal mm-hmm opt like an opt in or immortality clause that had been set up somewhere else a flesh and clock monster did i meet somebody who could like (laughs) tear out my heart and put in a little like a little computer in there and they could make me immortal and so she does go to the gimps and he there's this line in there that that read to me like uh, let me let me find her. Well, because he thinks that she has gone to a bridge to kill herself and just yes, just yes. and she and take he, her off and the table. Hates and it when people he loves goes to bridges to kill themselves. He does really and that's a big she, trigger. She for him. says to him, "I went to Lucian, which is the name of the like chief ghost guy, and I did get big like he went to Jared <laughs> vibes from that. Like, <laughs> like you say, you went to Lucian, and everybody knows. Everybody what that knows means. you got a clock in your chest out of love. I went, I went to Lucian. I got a gold clock in my chest. I'm a I'm a ghost. I'm not going to die of syphilis. I'm not going to die of anything. I am now a steampunk meat puppet. Yes. And I got a really sick, like I got a good coupon code where I only had to trade in (laughs) one soul and I only have to work for the ghost for like a hundred years, which in the scheme of immortality is practically nothing. 
mm-hmm. uh, because they just want an in with the new werewolf king, which is you. Yeah. And uh, so yeah. they have a big wedding and they get married. And I didn't and have to the, put a glass window in my chest. They just did a cool. Oh, yeah, because my because my boobs are so These big. Boobs will not allow it. <laughs> these boobs won't allow it. And, and Lucian is in there. And he's like, man, well, we can't mess these things up, can we? And no. so they sewed her back up and she doesn't have a little chest window. Yeah. So you can. Aaron, you had a. She just has a very, a very, (laughs) a very tasteful gold seat. Yes, 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 yes. And I like, I would be, if it was me, I would be disappointed because I would want to put, I would want to put a bunch of like cool, like LED lights, like flashing (laughs) lights in my chest window. But that's not a thing that she can do because apparently her breasts were too magnificent to, to ruin no, in that way i completely so. agree that that was bullshit i really wanted her to have a glass chest window mm-hmm. what i didn't i thought those ghost machine boys were in meat puppets of other bodies and not they their own a, bodies but she well, got to so keep her body mary chase is not yes Okay, okay. There's okay, a okay. there's a user bring BYOB, bring me your own body yes. clause. Oh, yeah. So if you're just a, a, a floaty ghost, then you have to if do you it. Make but the if you decision, still have body. Yeah, if you make the decision okay. before your body expires, you can be like, hey, right. sign me up for then this you're good plan. To go. And Adam, the spirit puppet, will be like, you get to keep your body. Cool. Mm-hmm. You got work for me. Yeah, that was you the like part that body? I didn't understand because isn't that body that she does have? Is it not riddled with syphilis? It's not riddled me think with that it. She would yeah. go There's just to a, a little tiny <laughs> bit of syphilis sore. in there. Yeah, and that's at, what I didn't one, understand. I thought she would have to ditch this, this syphilitic body no. to get a newer model. But well, no, it's not, not like case. werewolves where if you get syphilis before you become immortal, you just like keep having syphilis indefinitely. Yes. I guess like yeah. I assume that was the case. Lucian says. Like, no, when the souls move into the dying meat puppet, because we move into other dying people bodies, and then when we sign up to work for our our machinist god, um, he fixes the bodies for us so that we have a good body. Oh, okay. I missed that part. Thank you, Craig. Then there's an epilogue where they get married, and they clearly go off and fuck right after the ceremony. And then there's Mm -hmm. two paragraphs about Poppy being sad. End of book. Yeah, Poppy's like, I'm sad. My marriage (laughs) fell apart. Mm-hmm. Oh no! Womp womp. Book three. And then the book ends. Yeah. Book three. And uh, anyway, that's uh, what the song "Werewolf of London" is about. <laughs> Werewolves are fucking. Uh, yeah, you've been waiting almost two hours to make that joke. No, that's... I thought of it like twenty minutes ago. Oh, okay. It's oh, still perfect. a long time. It's I, yeah, I commend you. As we yeah, wrap up, thanks. like this seems like it had all the stuff that y'all liked about Firelight, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Like the, the I feel like there were fewer characters, like, again, not having read Firelight, but it felt like Firelight was trying to set up a bunch more, like, mm-hmm. ancillary people. And you do meet some of them again in here, but almost all the actual, like, POV stuff is between Daisy and Ian. Like, it's between those two. And you don't mm-hmm. have to spend a lot of time worrying about what other people are thinking or doing. I also yeah. usually in a romance, you only have the two main characters mm-hmm. or, you know, if the people involved in the romance, sometimes there's three or four. But usually yeah. you only have <laughs> POVs of the people who are getting with each other. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a little unique. But I think it really helps this series um, catch you up so that you can read them as standalones, so that you get sure. those other POVs. I found a mm-hmm. quote from her. There's an interview with Biblio Junkies where she talked about mm-hmm. uh, in Firelight, Archer is the mystery. But if you've read that story, you know who and what Ian is. 
So then Moonglow, mm. while being a mystery, is more of a battle between good and evil as they delve into the Lycan world. And I thought that, yeah, this did read as like there was a central murder mystery. And listening to y'all talk about Firelight, yeah, it was like, what's behind that mask? Can we find out what's behind mm-hmm. that man's mask? Right. So Yeah, even though there was a murder too, it was just they suspected him of it. Mm, okay. So solving the murder was also solving the mystery of Yeah, him. I thought briefly that this book was going to go in that direction where they were all at After that the party. And yeah. Everybody, mm-hmm. yeah, I was like, yeah. wait, d- does this, d- this guy just ran off in the direction of a murder? Have we ever seen him <laughs> and the murderer in the room together at the same time? Right, <laughs> I don't right, know right. if we have. But then it didn't do that, which I was which I was happy about. Though we didn't get to like the the stupid the stupid socialite lady who's like walking around this entire party being like, oh, Daisy sucks. Oh, yeah. Daisy's totally awful. We yeah. don't get to see her get a comeuppance in any way. Yeah, that's true. And I would like I hope that happens in future. Maybe books. someday. Yeah. yeah, I would like that. One of the other things I liked about this book, maybe a little bit more than the other one, is just the the focus on um the theme of like, you know, female pleasure Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. making sure that's, you know, that's important and it's valid and it's totally, oh, it's totally great. And the way that Daisy sort of grapples with that, Miranda doesn't really, she doesn't really have any of that. So Mm -hmm. she has other stuff. Yeah. From the, from that very first scene, like where she's trying to just get a quick tup in an alley, you, you know that Daisy is a horn dog. She's saying, hi, I'm Daisy. I like to yes. fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that it's also interesting as far as Daisy is concerned. It's interesting to make the choices that Callahan did with her in particular, simply because she's always been the very, you know, brash, um, very witty, quippy, always sort of the sunshine of the room and all of that. And then in this book, you really get to pull back the curtain and see what's underneath all of that, mm, mm. you know, and her insecurities, her pain, her trauma, all of that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah. It's a fun book. Yeah. A lot what of did fun. y'all think? People who don't read romance very often. <laughs> I mean, I, I liked all the world building a lot. I do. I can't, I will never stop thinking about werewolves being starfish who can just read. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like I just I I appreciated how it was a like it was a genre like historical like fantasy novel that also had sex stuff in it. And like so from from our perspective, like Fifty Shades is one of our big like touch points. And part of the monotony of that book is how frequently they have sex and how Mm -hmm. samey and boring it is like instantly. Um. And yeah, the way that this like Craig, you and I were were talking about it in our in our Slack channel and like you were talking about just being impressed by the sheer number of times that they almost and then do not have sex with each other. Yeah, she really organically sets up a number of situations where like and they get a little further each time as we talked about. Mm -hmm. But like but and every time they don't it's because of this incredible escalation of the murder mystery werewolf plot and so like <laughs> i'm yes i'm frustrated that they don't get to the next part of their physical relationship but i'm also excited because i'm being rewarded with the next part of the plot which i'm also interested mm-hmm. in because it's a pretty right. good plot so like yeah. that to me comparing it with some of the other stuff we've read comparing it with you know s- stuff like 50 shades also that just it's not just there for like titillation 
which it does do, but well, it is sex in Fifty Shades of isn't well, even sexy. No, at all. it's like, not this really is, this is, hot. Yeah, this yeah, is the stuff. stuff in this yeah. book was like pretty good. I yeah. think. No, the the important thing the important thing about good romance that I think a lot of people need to remember mm-hmm. is that every single sex scene does something for the emotional connection. Mm-hmm. So every single time that happens, you're watching them, you're watching them build their connection like you would in an organic relationship in the real world. You know, the intimacy builds both emotionally and physically. Um, But I really like that a lot of the best authors, they use every single sex scene to achieve something different Mm -hmm. in their relationship. Mm -hmm. It moves the plot forward. And if, and because in a romance, your a plot is going to be the romance. They Mm -hmm. need to keep that tension. So this thing of like blue balls, blue balls, blue balls is something you'll see a lot in romance because that tension Mm -hmm. needs to stay in the a plot as well as the B plot. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's always like that. Often in contemporaries, it'll start with like a one night stand or something like that. So Mm -hmm. a contemporary romance, often that seal is broken, but the emotional stuff doesn't get there until, Mm -hmm. until the end when everyone's whole. So it's a way of kind of keeping that tension alive in the A plot. Cause if, if they were just like together halfway through the book and like had decided it was pretty clear once these two like <laughs> consummated that relationship that the tension yeah. was going to be gone. But I also you know? I appreciated too like the the very organic reasons why both of them had some like real commitment phobia about like mm-hmm. actually sure. making this a real thing forever because it, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah as yeah. they read on it as they as it reads on the page they can't it can't be a forever thing right yeah mm-hmm. so well right. and they and they worked through that together and I I hate. Fifty Shades can't be our only reference point no, for this. No, I'm so glad we have a new one. <laughs> yeah, no, and this one is much better. But like another dumb, boring thing about Fifty Shades is like every third time they have sex, they have some kind of relationship, emotional blow up that results in yeah. them like fake breaking up for half of a chapter. Mm-hmm, right. And in this one, they pause to be like, wait, let me understand where you are coming from and like talk to you about why that happened and then mm-hmm. we could just like cut past a lot of that dumb bullshit and that makes <laughs> and you like as the just, reader yes feel like they work you know yeah. then, yeah. then yeah, it's yeah, two yeah. people that you actually want to be together because you can see that they work out things w- well and they listen to each other and they, yeah. they care about if each they other don't right? instead, of, the, instead of like the book ending and like this is supposed to be the happily ever after but you're confident that if the book went on for two more chapters they would just blow up and break <laughs> right. up again well yeah. i was struck when yeah. when we were talking about the back rub part and this will you know we, could, we should probably wrap up soon but when we were talking about the back rub yeah. part like and you want to come back to this dad back rub thing. He, I, well, I, I was struck when you were, I think when you were talking rub, about rummy it. Rummy daddy. Aaron, is that like <laughs> with your like with your good point that you're about to make? He gets <laughs> he gets upset and like leaves the room and instead of jump cutting to another scene or another moment, she just follows him like you would if mm-hmm. you were a real person and someone you had yeah. feelings <laughs> about like stormed out of a room in a weird way and you're like that's fuck stop shut up. Come here. We need to. You're not, you're not like, well, I'm going to get on my helicopter and fly away from this. <laughs> that's <problem."> right. <laughs> like, right. It's like yeah. that, that's not how the fights are handled. And the, the sex scenes are not handled like, well, I guess this time we'll put ice cream. In if there. they ever. <laughs> and that'll right. be different. If they ever don't get to talk about it, it's because a new magical creature is threatening their literal, their literal lives. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Uh, how many awoos would everyone give this book? Have a, is it, are we out of five or out of uh, ten? How many What's out scale? of scale? Can I get yeah. a half a half an hour? Like, like if I just say out, is that half a one? 
I don't know how this goes. <laughs> how many? I lose. Four and a half out of five. Same. I don't like to give anything a perfect score. Nothing's perfect. Yeah, but. it's not my favorite romance novel I've ever read, but it's 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 up there. It was really good, I thought. I enjoyed yeah, it same. A lot, Multiple yeah. awus coming from me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. This was so much fun. This was super Thank fun. you for Thank having you. us. This is a great suggestion. Yeah. If you want to read more romance, please give us a call. We could throw we can throw you some wrecks or we're happy to come back. Absolutely. I don't I don't think this will be our last collaboration. I do not Yay. think so. <laughs> That was a HeadGum Podcast.